another episode ready to go They're gonna talk about the good and the trash and anything in between Cherishing make-believe, get ready for Halloween, it's the horror show I know you miss those guys, tune in and find out what's on their list tonight They butcher and dissect, take apart and mutilate Listen to your two favorite brainiacs communicate It's the horror show Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Horror Show, the show that dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and other horror-related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Hello, Joe. What's going on? Nothing, man. We are... We're at the end of this, brother. We're at the end of the Scream franchise, We and we're doing the most recent one. It's been 11 years since Scream 4, and we're getting... Scream 5, which is actually titled Scream. Yes. But 20 made in 2022. So um no Kevin, no Wes, although Kevin was a producer. Uh but you know, you know, uh we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh this one obviously doesn't have the same background uh information, which I think I think there's gonna I think we're gonna see a lot of information about this movie as the years go on, you know. Um, find out some of the details because I feel like uh, there uh, there might have been some weird stuff going on on the set of this one, uh, no, which is they're no stranger to, you know. <laughs> Why do you say that? Uh, I mean we'll talk about it when we get there. So I was thinking about starting this off with the scream emails, um, that some of our fans sent in, just in case, because you know we're gonna spoil this movie, right? Like we have to. Right. So here's what I'm thinking. We do the scream emails and then we do maybe our normal overview without the spoilers. And then we can do our like scene by scene type thing, which will be a little bit abbreviated, obviously. But I did take notes in the theater. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I did. I sat, I sat in the way back. There was. Really, it was a pretty empty theater. I was kind of surprised, and it was kind of empty all weekend. So oh, it was. Did you yeah. did you get the numbers? Uh, um, the numbers. That's there? actually a great question. I could probably pull them up. They might not be in until tomorrow, though. Um, but they must have like something, right? Scream five. Uh, yeah, numbers. I don't know. I'll, I'll take a look right now. See, opening box office slays No Way Home to take the top spot. Wow. Scream has already nabbed $30.6 at the box office opening weekend, knocking Spider-Man No Way Home out of the top spot. That's kind of fucking crazy. That is. $30.6 That's like they hit their fucking so, sir, nut, baby. Already made back their profit. I just looked up $24 million to make it. Yeah, and they, they, were, they wanted to make 35 to 45 total, um, and they say that the four-day total will likely hit $35 million. Um, by the end of Martin Luther King Day, so okay, pretty pretty uh pretty successful. But that is weird because like the ticket sales were not like I went Thursday night and there were ten people in there, um, and then you know I looked at the other days to see like when I was because I was trying to plan going and you know they didn't have a lot of advanced sales. Maybe a lot of people are showing up last minute to go though. I don't know. So, but definitely not like the Spider Man. Like I bought my tickets in advance. Although I did see people online doing that. So, <laughs> you know, um, but I did. I took notes on paper. I took notes. <laughs> I did the Paul thing. So you're gonna hear a lot of a lot of shuffling over here. Wow. So, um, 
So let's read some of these emails, though. I, I asked you guys, and we got so many. We got, like, 200 fucking emails. So I'll just, like, kind of pick and choose here. Um, so uh, we asked you guys, like, about Scream memories. And uh, let's see what we got here. What, what were your favorite Scream, scream memories? Justin Blanton. There's a name. Boy, I, I rem- hey, this guy's, I think, been listening forever. Hey, guys, here's a very vivid and crazy memory I have of Scream. When the movie was first released in theaters, guys would go into the theaters in my town in the Scream mask and cloak and sit down beside people. Granted, this was 96, so all the crazy theater stuff had not occurred. I think he means like the uh, like actual shootings and things. Um, but still a great way to get the shit kicked out of you, <laughs> you I would think. <laughs> Thanks for the killer show. That's fucking crazy. Uh, that's the- Sean. Your your phone cut out in the beginning. Who is this from? Uh, uh shit. Uh, uh, Justin Blanton. Justin Blanton. Okay. Nice. Um. So yeah, that was that's that's <laughs> pretty pretty fucking insane. Uh, Don Pierce. Uh, I had the movie ruined for me because I read a review in Rolling Stone before watching the movie. The motherfuckers told you it was the boyfriend and his friend who were the killers. Fucking assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's kind of weird to do in a movie review. Like, usually they don't, they don't reveal. I don't, have you ever read a review that like, like an, like a published review, not like some fucking asshole on the internet, but like, like Rolling Stone, I feel like. If you're posting yeah, a review, like Ebert would never be like two thumbs up. By the way, by the, he was way, dead the whole time. Right? By the <laughs> way, here's the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Um, uh, Josh Blevins, I'll shout him out because he emails us a lot, and I don't always get back to him. But this isn't even about Scream. He said, "I don't remember much about Scream, but I remember the movie Screamers." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though, like the most horror show email of all time. Like, if that's <laughs> if the horror show were an email, that would probably be it. <laughs> if a conversation with Paul were an email, that would, <laughs> that's it. Um, Nightmare on Six 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 Street talks about his first uh, his first time watching Scream. Watched the first Scream and second in preparation for the third one in theaters when I was eight. Boy, that's crazy. Um, Loved it so much and became obsessed with Scream. I begged my mom for the mask for Halloween. I got it and used it to take it and used to take it to school. My friends and I would take turns playing Ghostface and pretend oh Jesus, pretend to stab each other with pencils during recess and lunch. One of the teachers saw was what was happening and sent us to the principal's office, called our parents, and we were suspended from school. My mom ended up throwing the mask away. Kids are just very stupid, but Scream will always have a very special place in my heart. You know what's crazy is, like, my son is, he turns nine on Tuesday, actually. Um, So, right in this age range, just obsessed with the idea of Scream. He hasn't seen it, but, like, loves the idea of Ghostface. And we actually had to have a conversation with him also, being like, hey, bud, like, you know, like, you can't. You can't talk to kids at school about that stuff. Like, and like he, again, he hasn't seen it, but he's, it's like, it's on posters and shit. What can you do? You know what I mean? Like, just like us with Chucky, right? Like we talked about that, like in third grade, like we were all talking about Chucky on the playground. None of us had fucking seen it. <laughs> like, right. 
<laughs> but we all yeah my nephew my nephew's james age uh he he brought up scream to me he was like what do you know about scream i'm like what do you know about scream? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about exactly it's such a weird thing but they are drawn to that and it's probably just that mask right it's such an approachable mask it's because it's not scary right it's not face value it's, yeah it's not a terrifying mask right it, it's very basic i guess that's why it's so effective yeah simpler is best yeah um what do we have here let me uh let me go back here i, I want to get to some of our um oh fuck our buddy where is she it's is it tiani yeah uh, yes tiani Yep. Right. Okay. I got around the first try. I I, I didn't know who was Tiani. Okay. Yeah, because you know I pronounce it wrong every time. Okay. Right. Uh, (laughs) Tiani, our best bud, best buddy. The fact that she lives in New York City and we haven't like seen her is kind of crazy, right? Like I feel like we all get along pretty well. Um, Favorite scream memory? Not really a memory. Oh, I, I I remember reading this. Not really a memory, but I just know that my parents definitely took me to see Scream when it came out in theaters, which would have made me six years old. <laughs> I love having horror-loving parents. I don't remember the experience of watching it at that age at all, though. I do know that I have loved the movie ever since. Um, You know, I like getting these conversations sometimes with other, like, uh, my ex-wife and other parents, and it's like, I don't show James that stuff at this age, but like there's, there's people that have, and they're like totally fine. Like it doesn't like fucking, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't turn them into like fucking lunatics. Right. I mean, there, there's some kids that are already fucking. All right. Well, like you should not be showing that to those kids. Yes. I know what you're talking about. There are. Yeah, you're right. You need to be a little bit self-aware if your kids, you know, Fucking smacking the fucking dog around. Maybe like let's not <laughs> show him. Yeah, exactly. Show him a fucking horror movie. <laughs> uh Dalton Miller, love the screen movies, love the podcast, but my favorite movie is the phone scene with Billy and Stu in part one. It just stuck in my head. And least favorite was the end of three uh that her half brother did it. Just stupid. Uh I think that's all fair. That's all all, all agreeable points. <laughs> uh love that love that um let's do a few more here uh who do we got who do we got who do we got uh kara oh god i am so bad at names uh her last name is oh wait i know this kara wait um Anyway, uh, Kara, her last name, I don't know how to say it. NG. It's just NG. Um, Thank you so much for covering my favorite horror movie ever. It truly changed my life in so many ways. I can assess my life in the before Scream and the after Scream binary. Before seeing Scream when I was 11, I was terrified of scary movies. They gave me nightmares. Pet Cemetery, most of all. Well, dude. Pet Cemetery is a movie that, like, you could almost be, like, like, if you're, like, not, like, thinking about it, you'd be, like, it's not that bad of a movie to, like, you know, for, like, a, a starter horror movie. That Zelda I think, scene, yeah, because it's so low budget, but 
yes, that Zelda scene is traumatic. I mean, that that one stuck out in my head the most. Also, you watch a kid die. You know, <laughs> a, fucking, uh, a fucking toddler gets run over by a Mack truck. So maybe you should not be showing. Like, why why were so many kids watching this? I did, and and also like on top of a child dying, it's also like dead pets we're talking about here, which like. Yeah, things, things con- <laughs> concepts that shouldn't be introduced to you know that that shouldn't be introduced to them by them. Two That's things that you have so to become, like immediately be- become morbidly aware of that <laughs> we're we're not invincible. Yeah, you know? so watching that as a, even if that's like the not. Even if that's not the topic of conversation when you're watching that, it for sure sits in your head, right? I, oh, I can't yeah. tell you that after I saw it, I, I started thinking about that. No, but it just becomes ingrained as like part of your life because you, you're watching this and you're accept like it's that's crazy to to show an eight year old and a nine year old, right? And like you'll you'll think about it in your head, right? Like you'll be like you think about like. It'll lodge in your brain, right? And then, but then when something tragic happens, like in your town, like to somebody that age, you'll immediately think of that and be like, oh, wait, like that just got so real to me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's how it was for me. Yeah. And that that movie was a staple for a lot of kids in the age frame that that she's referencing there. (laughs) For sure. It's crazy that that it was. (laughs) But I think to your point, you're, you're like, you said something along the lines of how it doesn't seem like it when you when you think about it quickly. It's so like second tier and low budget. Yeah. Why would you think that? Yeah, for sure, for sure. It's like it's not something you'd really think about. But yeah, you you, <laughs> you fucking Zelda, a kid dying and pets dying. It's just like the worst trifecta on earth, and like fucking Herman Munster getting his Achilles heel slit. Oh my god, dude. And also, I think for our age to our age group, that kid that played uh what's the kid's name in that? Gage? Gage. The kid that played Gage was like had been around, right? Like we knew him from sitcoms and other things. Like dude, that kid was in everything as a kid, right? Yeah. So like we also had that element of like that kid getting run over Wait. by a fucking truck. <laughs> Wait, wasn't he the boys of penises, girls of vagina guy? From, yes. From yes. Kindergarten cop. Yeah, and he was also in uh I wanna say he was in um Full House. Okay. R.I.P. Bob Saget. I think he was like but like also by the way, that kid was the shittiest kid of all time. Like Every role, every time he was in a movie, he was, like, the fucking pit. Like, he was Michelle's, like, shithead friend that was, like, fuck all it. He, all he, does, dude, he has such a good snarl. That's all he does. <laughs> look menacing. Um, all right. Uh, back to this. I was Pet Cemetery most of all. Once I saw Scream at a drive-in randomly in the early 97, it changed my life. And then from the, and from then on, I was obsessed with horror and became a total horror head. I made all my friends watch it multiple times. I memorized every scene in line. I had crushes on all the actors. Nev being my all-time number one, though. Dressed up as Ghostface for Halloween and had my mom bring me to Scream 2 opening weekend. The theater was packed. One of my favorite memories of all time was the night Scream 3 opened. February 4th, 2000. I was a freshman in high school. Uh, so that that's my age, right? Yeah. Um, 2003? Uh, no. Then it was the, it opened in two? Th- she was a freshman I in two thousand. I thought you said two thousand three. Sorry. No. 
Um, I was a freshman in high school. Uh, my friends and I went. The theater was so packed, we actually sat on the floor in the aisle. Well, that seems fucking insane. I would have asked for my money back, but that's okay. <laughs> They're just yeah, selling non-seats? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's some bullshit. But, <laughs> dude, I, I've never been more grateful than when theaters went to the assigned seating system. Right. That was, like, right, the greatest man. thing of all time. They, they put in those bigger chairs so there's less space. Yeah. Fucking insane. Fucking thank God. Like, this poor girl sitting in the fucking aisle of the theater. <laughs> uh, and it was such an awesome experience. The whole audience was screaming and laughing the whole time. Can't wait to go see number five opening night. I haven't been excited about a movie premiere in actual ages. I never go to the movies anymore. Thanks, guys. Happy horror days. Thank you, Kara. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's fucking funny. Sitting in the fucking aisle. Um, you couldn't fucking pay me. Uh, couldn't. That's honestly, there's, we've been pretty open about our anxiety issues. And yeah. <laughs> going, stepping foot into a crowded movie theater is, is top tier. Oh, yeah. For anxiety inducers <laughs> to me. Like, I have to get, when I go to the movies, I have to get there 20 minutes early. And if anybody sits next to me, I'm fucking furious. And I want to, like, scout out. It's almost like playing Tetris. Like, I have to find oh, same, the, perfect, yeah. the perfect spot, the perfect block, and where I know I won't be boxed in by people. So if I get there late and it's crowded and I have to sit in, like, the middle of the middle row, I couldn't imagine being so crowded I had to sit on the, on the floor of the aisle. And- I'd probably throw up. And Joe and I had the same experience after renting theaters, uh, uh, both because uh, I rented it like early on in the pandemic. I had rented a theater to see Godzilla versus King Kong. Joe rented it for Spider-Man. And Joe had the same exact reaction which I did, which was like, I think I only want to see movies this way now. And it's yeah. fucking true. Like, it fucking changes your life. It's the best way to view it. Um, Peyton Vandal. I hope that's your real name. What a fucking name. You started a punk band. Hey, Sean, a huge fan. Been listening since the burning episode back in 15. Uh, 15, baby. Uh, listening to the Scream episode, and you said that you'd like to hear some experiences we had with the movie. Here is mine. So the movie had been released to video sometime in 97, and I'm a toddler at this point. And apparently watching this with my young aunts late at night... My dad thinks it would be hilarious to get a hold of the ghost face mask and scare his little sisters. <laughs> oh, wow. Not knowing that I am right there with them watching this movie. This sounds like you've probably been to therapy <laughs> since this moment. <laughs> so he jumps up from behind the couch and scares the absolute shit out of us. And even being as young as I was, I can still remember the color of the shirt he had on. That's how much it scared me. I was about to say, like, that's, yeah, that's because <laughs> it's the most traumatic event of your life. And when I went out for Halloween that year, guess what? Every fucking kid in the neighborhood was dressed up as. That being said, it was my favorite horror film, and I love the franchise. Still can't be in the presence of someone wearing the mask, though. Much love from Kentucky. Um, P.S. I bought the shirt from y'all a while back and love the picture of that. Oh, yeah, James drew, J- James drew some pictures for people on... Uh, the shirts nice. uh he he nice wanted shapes. he wanted to uh he loves like 
he he's like understanding the show now so like he he like wants to be involved in like packing and shit and like so i let him like make a bunch of like fake posters which some of them were hitters i'll be honest though James, if you're 16 listening to this, uh, some of them were were not great, but I included them anyway. <laughs> you did your best, bud. Love you. You're the, you're you're great. But some of them were fucking. Fl- he started out hot, but then like, you know, he fizzled. He fizzled as kids do. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, uh, do, 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 do. Oh, that's not a. That's not an email. All right, I'll do one more here. Um, oh, shit. This guy wrote one for every installment so far. Um, should we do Scream, Scream 2, or Scream 3? Read them all. It'll be the last one. All right, fine, fine. Okay. Uh, Chris Cordero Torres. Uh, this seems familiar. I feel like we I feel like we know this guy. So when you guys mentioned the Freddy at the first little Easter egg, I remember the first e- Easter egg I spotted was Wes Wes's stab at all the nightmare on Elm Street movies that he didn't direct. It's one of my favorite lines. I agree it's one of the best horror movies all the time. I remember staying home sick from school at like nine just to watch the movie and then be paranoid the rest of the day until my mom got home. Uh, so excited for all the rest of the movies. You're in for a good time. And then they had a question mark at the end of that. Um, oh, yeah. And then for Scream 2, he sent us a note. No joke because of the opening scene. When This one was a little bit alarming to me. He said, no joke because of the opening scene. He's talking about Scream 2 now, right? Which is, so that's the scene where uh, Omar Epps... Uh, is in the bathroom, right? And he's like, fucking listening to people take a shit, I guess. Um, <laughs> he says, when I use the bathroom stalls, I keep my arms and legs as close in as possible. I don't go anywhere near the stall walls. So, that's pretty good. Pretty pretty good practice. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, as we mentioned in that movie, it's fucking, in, or in that episode, it's fucking insane that he put his face up against the fucking stall wall. <laughs> disgusting alright and then he followed up with Scream 3 so not my favorite movie of all the screams this movie just felt like it was trying to be more than it was on a side note of Dewey realizing how they were being killed I went back and looked through all the episodes and you guys have never done a Final Destination movie which baffled me that's actually crazy I th- we did yeah. one for like a live tweet thing that we did when we, we were on did. Twitter yeah the third one. Yeah, maybe that would be a good series to do at one point. Anyways, as always, you guys are great. Love the show. Uh, yeah, thank you, Chris. That's actually a fucking phenomenal point. Um, those movies are something else. They are. And I, I think I stopped watching after three, so I'm not well-versed in that series. No, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking add that um, Final Destination series. That would be f- fun as shit. And you know they're going to fucking reboot that, right? They have to. Yeah. I mean, they can keep going forever. Yeah. It's a pretty great concept. I've always... They, dude, and... and I mean, people talk about it online all the time. I think there's, like, some memes about it. But, like, 
Does like no one that gets behind one of those giant fucking logging trucks ever doesn't think about fucking Final Destiny? For, and that's that's for sure. Yeah. That's insane, dude. That's insane to think about that. You that that's fucking crazy. Like <laughs> that's a that's an impact, man. Like regardless of what you think about the movies, like you think about that movie regularly. Yeah. And the concept is I, I, I dig it. I'm I have no problem with that concept. Um, so that's it. That's it for the emails, guys. Thank you all so much. I'm sorry I couldn't read them all. Yeah, I, pre- I, I we appreciate all of them. I love them. Those were some that I flagged, um, and just kind of chose at random here. So, um, appreciate you all for sending those in. It's always fun to hear people's like childhood traumas <laughs> as it relates to these movies. Um, always a always a blast to hear. Um. But we got Scream 5 to talk about. Um, let's do... Yeah, and for, the, for those listening, honestly, if you hear my my teeth like sh- chattering, uh, I'm so fucking cold. I'm on my, my sunroom. I have I have a heater in front of me blasting my face. It's cranked at 85, and I don't feel shit. And I'm fucking freezing to death. So I apologize. Uh, yeah, no, it's the coldest ever uh, in <laughs> Connecticut right now. It, it Like, my whole house is fucking frozen. I had to turn my heat off on painting painting the basement and it's got an electrical baseboard. So like I couldn't tape it. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. cause it gets so fucking yeah. hot, those electrical baseboards. So I was like, all right, I got to fucking paint around it and then do the second coat in a couple hours around it just so I could turn the heat back on. Dude, my like face was fucking frozen. I was in the basement. Like I, I, I wasn't even outside. Like it's so goddamn cold. Yeah. It's unbelievable. I'm, I am, so cold in this room. <laughs> it's yeah. fucking crazy. Do you have that big fucking heater I gave you still or no? Are you I I did I have that on and I have oh, the uh the one in front of me and I'm still uh, like I can't feel my fingers. I was trying to pull up my notes before. <laughs> it's like painful. The the heater that I gave you and your dad accused you of having covid. Yeah. Yeah, for for accepting the gift. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then was like 2 inches from my face. <laughs> I just wanted to drop it off on the porch and like leave. classic dad talking to me about like utility poles and shit like that's actually what he was talking to me about he was complaining about the utility poles in cheshire (laughs) i was like yeah i gotta go and also covid um which he's like the most paranoid about so yes more than anyone (laughs) um all right so scream five um real 10,000 foot overview, as they say in the biz, baby. Uh, what did you think about Scream 5 off the bat? So I liked it. I, I really did. I had fun with it. I I don't think it's not without its criticisms. There's actually some, some big criticisms I have yeah. and some questionable decisions I thought they made. But all in all, I liked it. I had fun. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm in the same boat. I I think I I mean there's definitely some issues with it and like some big time issues in my opinion. And, and that doesn't mean it's a fucking bad movie. Yeah, I I think if you say it's a bad movie we've said this about other things, right? Like you could not like a movie, that's fine. But to call it a bad movie, I would disagree with, especially given it's a slasher, right? Like if we're talking about slashers 
like I, I this isn't a bad slasher, right? It, like it's a fun watch, just like any other slasher that we've covered on this show. Where where it's like like how heavily can you criticize a slasher? And I get that it's part of this scream universe, but the criticisms that I've seen could be held against all of the scream movies. Like scream I think Scream 1 is almost perfect. Like, maybe it is perfect, even. I'd, I'd say it's perfect. But but the sequels after, like, and, and these are hardcore fans that are, like, that love the sequels, that are like, this movie fucking sucks. And it's like, why? And then what I hear is shit that happened in 2 and 3. And I'm just like, well, you know, that's a little fucking weird. Like, you know what I mean? And... Yeah, I, I I I have an issue with that because it seems disingenuous. It's and I feel like people have been building up something in their heads about these movies that, like, they've created their own stories, which is cool and fine. But like, you can't be mad at the movie for not doing your story. <laughs> like, you can't be like, "Well, I was expecting this guy to do this," and it's like, "Well, you know, that's." You didn't write the fucking movie. So like fucking you have to like you have to like tone down those expectations, which is kind of a theme in this fucking movie, right? Like um that fandom mentality. Um but I, I, I did really like it. I, I it's where would you rank it in the five screams? Remember remember when we did the movie Muck? Yes. Okay, so so <laughs> Muck I forget is it? a bad movie. <laughs> yeah. Muck Muck is a bad when you watch Muck and you say that's this is a bad movie. Yes, you are correct. <laughs> so it, and you said you said it. You cannot like a movie like I don't like American Beauty. I think American Beauty is miserable to sit through. But I'm not going to tell you it's a bad movie. It's fucking it won an Academy Award. It's, it's beautifully made and it's well acted. So you can separate the two things. But to say this is a bad movie. Or worst movie of all time, which is something I've seen people <laughs> writing, saying it's the worst movie movie they've ever seen. You're fucking lying. You're full of shit. That's not the worst movie you've ever seen. And if it is, I'm incredibly jealous because <laughs> it's, it's far, far from being anyone. Like it's far from being mine. At least I've seen way more miserable stuff. It's kind of like that weird Razzies mentality because like the Razzies don't nominate like the actual worst movie of the year, or else. You know, they would just choose every film school students like fucking pseudo fucking depressive suicidal fucking movie that they do. Like it, it's it's just like I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't think it deserves the hate, but I also I don't think it's great. I don't think it's I don't think it's great. I don't think it's great. And I also don't think it was special. And I think that's I think that's where that disappointment comes in. I think people wanted something special, and I don't feel that this was very special. So I'll wait a few minutes before I, I give my thought on that because I have similar thoughts. But you asked me where I rank it. Yeah. Maybe this is too high right now, but I honestly think I put it right in the middle. Uh, I'd put it behind four. Yeah. But I, I think I'd put it before two and three. Because two is so fucking long, and three is very <laughs> three is three. I, and the kill the kills in this I thought were great. I I had fun with that aspect of it. I think I'd put it right in the middle. That's exactly where I have it. That's exactly where I have it. And I and that's coming from somebody I think I liked it maybe a little bit less than Joe, but like structurally, uh, is better than two and is better than three. 
that's a fucking fact. I think four is better than this one, though. I, I like four. God damn, man. Four was so good. I think four, four is still my second favorite sequel, for sure. Oh, it's so fucking... It's incredible. Um, and what were you going to follow that up with? You were you were going to say something about it being special, or, or maybe not. Yeah, well, I, actually, first, I want to give two shout-outs, if I may. Sure, uh, of course. First, I'll shout-out Anthony Evers on Instagram. I posted that I was seeing it, and I posted a video of my thoughts to it, and, and I had, you know, almost a hundred messages in five minutes. That's not like, it was crazy. Just the phone, the phone was blowing up, uh, asking my thoughts or giving their, their two cents. And I was going through answering everyone. And Anthony Evers just sent a reaction emoji to, to one of those stories. And I didn't do this to anybody else, but him, but my first reply was a spoiler to scream. And he's immediately like, Oh dude, I haven't seen it yet. Like, <laughs> come on, man. So he was just sending a reaction to my oh, picture. So fuck. Anthony Evers, I am so sorry for saying that. And you're the only person I sent it to and you're the only one that responded to me uh, that hadn't seen it. So, Anthony, deepest deepest apologies. Um, And then I wanted to give a shout out to Tony Navarro, who was talking to me about it. And he summed it up by saying, as a horror fan, he liked it. He was completely satisfied. As a Scream fan, he had more to pick apart. And I think that's like the perfect way to summarize exactly. Because as, as, a, as a horror fan, it was great. The, the kills were great. I, the pacing was was pretty good. Uh, I had it was. I keep saying fun because that's what, that's what it was. It was a fun time. I think as a Scream fan, you pick apart more faults with it. Mm-hmm. And this isn't the biggest fault I have. I have, I have a pretty big fault. Uh, but Gail and Sydney were such like second rate players in this movie. It could have existed without them. You didn't have to bring Sydney back Agreed. for this one Agreed. at all. In fact, at the end, even though I know it's the fifth one and it's like uh, you know, a nice send off to them, I almost wish it was just kind of its own standalone, like a copycat killer. Exactly. And I think that would have worked say. better. Because Sydney and Gail, while I loved seeing them there and then like I really did. I loved seeing them on the screen. At the end I just I felt like they did nothing to push the plot forward. I agree with that completely. That that that's exactly correct. Like it, it's it's exactly that. Um, Anthony, shoot me an email, Sean at IHateHorror dot com. We'll we'll hook you up with something for spoiling the movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, all right, so let's uh let's officially like rip off this band-aid man and like let's talk about this fucking movie unfiltered brother yeah so if you so if you haven't seen it uh get the fuck out anthony evers (laughs) 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 but seriously email me appreciate you uh (laughs) um that's fucking funny all right so you're gonna hear me do the paul paper thing uh in this fucking episode um, dude, I was writing these handwritten in the fucking dark. So you're going to have to also excuse me because I already read some of them and I was like, I don't know what I wrote. I don't know what I wrote here. So let's get started, baby. Scream five. Um, we immediately jump in, uh, with a guy named Wes, which, uh, you know, give our boy a shout out our fucking, Pornaholic fucking weirdo guy, a shout out. R.I.P. King King Fluffer West. <laughs> King Fluffer. 
<laughs> Old Deep Throat himself, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ghostface, definitely a shift in Ghostface at the beginning of this. He's doing, like, acting, right? Like, he's kind of like... He's, 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 uh, what do they, what do the kids say? They're like, you're doing too much or something. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I'm saying? Ghostface is like doing a lot in the beginning of this. He's, he's pretending to call, he calls this girl and he's like pretending to know the mom from like AA, like, like group. Yeah. He's, it's weird. He's not in full, like, now that I think about that, because it, it's just a machine that makes Ghostface voice like that. Right. Uh, so how, how is he doing a half Ghostface? Because it, it's a grown yeah. man voice with a, with a hint of Ghostface. Right. And he doesn't go full Ghostface until the end. No. Yeah. He's like, hey, uh, is your mom there? <laughs> what? What? Okay. Um, and we immediately pop off with like a Baba Duke reference and an elevated horror reference. And guess what? I'm here for it. Yeah, they were bringing back the, like, what's your favorite scary movie aspect of it. Loved it. Loved it. This elevated horror thing, though, I want to get into a little bit more later because it came up so often that I thought it was going to be a plot point, and it it was not. (laughs) Um, What do you mean? Just, like, what did you think? What did you think they're going to do with it? Uh, So, I thought that... um, I mean, I didn't think they were going to do anything with it, but, like, they constantly talked. They kept bringing up elevated horror, right? And not really ever criticizing it, but, like, people would just be like, I prefer, uh, you know, what was that fucking one? The STD one. Um, it Follows? It Follows. Like, it was like, It Follows is my favorite movie. And, like, all these other things. What I thought actually would have been cool, and, and I know this is, like, fucking whatever quarterback armchair quarterback shit um what i thought would have been cool because here's what they talked about they talked about scream always has a theme right and the theme is usually like this 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 scream movie is the x number in the franchise and you know that you know the third or fourth or fifth movie always does this you know and and they, that element is here right the the re the requel is what they call it i think requel um so like the requel is the theme in this but elevated horror is like a, like it kept coming up and kept coming up and then there was another theme i'll probably find it in my notes i can't i can't think of it off the top of my head right now um but there was like another little bit of a theme that was going on and i was like oh you know what would have been cool is if if you wanted to keep talking about elevated horror, like why not there be rules for the requel rules for the elevated horror movie and rules for whatever the third thing I had written down somewhere it was. <laughs> and, and like, you not know what rules they're going to follow because to me, the killer in this one was so to me, the killer in this was so unhinged. And I, I really liked that. Like to a point where I was like, Oh, maybe he's not following any rules. Because he's just, okay. he was so fucking brutal in this that I was like, oh, I fucking dig this. Like, maybe this is the one where they're like, there are no rules. Rules are out the fucking window. Like, forget this. Like, this is just a fucking insane person. But, like, it would have been cool if, like, they were like, well, the rules of elevated horror are different than a requel. Like, maybe this is elevated horror. You know what I mean? Like. So you wanted them to just incorporate more into it? I don't know. Like, if you kept fucking bringing it up, dude, it kept coming up in the fucking movie. So, like, I, I was just like, why are we keep referencing fucking Babadook? Like, 
fucking insane. But anyway, um, ultimately, though, Ghostface says, did you see Stab? Um, and then, would you like to play a game, Tara? And then, finally, oh, and then also a big thing we see here that a difference is, is the use of cell phones, right? Yes. Big difference. Which- this. I was wondering, you know, I, I try to stay away from trailers as much as possible because they spoil so much. But I did watch the first one that came out and I saw, you know, the preview of the cold open. And that was my first thought is, well, how are they, they going to pull this off in this age where everybody has a cell phone? They nobody even has landlines. They did it. They, they made it work. They made it fucking work. And that's honestly impressive uh, because I think that's like. oftentimes a criticism of horror movies where it's like, just use your cell phone. You know what I mean? And like in this one, they figured it out Um, because Tara hangs up on him and texts her friend um, and her friend, she's like, dude, he, he's still calling me. And the friend is like, you should answer it. Right. And it's fucking him texting her from her friend's phone number. Um. Including a little scene there where he's he's watching the friend, right? Right. But, um, so they have to do stab trivia, which she's not, like, super familiar with. But, um, yeah, you know, that that's, that's it. I don't know what these notes are saying right now. I wrote, off the bat hint of two people. What the fuck does that mean? What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? It's like, it's fucking psych. If somebody saw these, they'd, they'd lose their fucking mind. Anyway. <laughs> um, Off the bat hint of two people. I um. have no idea what the fuck that means. I Honestly, I I won't be surprised if a fan messages us and explains exactly what I meant. You know what I mean? Our fans are so cool. Like, I feel like they're going to, somebody's going to message me and be like, by the way, this is what you meant. <laughs> <With that. laughs> and they'll be right. Um, but ultimately, uh, she fails the uh, test and, uh, Tara is brutally got. She gets got. Yes. Is that the end of our... Does she? But does she? She doesn't. Tara fucking lives. And I like that. That's a great beginning. Uh, we talk... The cold opens is such a big thing for Scream. Um, you expect Tara to be dead. And she is alive. And I was totally cool with that. Yes. Tara as an actress, that actress that plays Tara, loved her. Loved her character. I I liked her a lot, too. I, I thought maybe she was a little bit underutilized in this. I agree completely. Uh, her sister, Sam, who we will introduce right now. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan of Sam, baby. Uh, I was hoping we'd write her off and let Tara ride off into the sunset, but... I, d- I didn't mind. I didn't mind Sam. Sam, uh, hey Joe. Sam sucks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hate her. Um, we meet Sam, uh, who is Tara's sister, uh, estranged sister. hasn't spoken to her in years. We meet Sam's boyfriend named fucking Rick, Ricky, Richie, Richie, right? I think it's Richie. Yes. Should pull up the fucking IMDb on top of these fucking notes. Um, it's Richie. It's Richie. It's Richie, baby. Uh, he's uh, uh, he's Meg Ryan and uh, Dennis Quaid's son, and somehow looks more like most like Joshua Jackson. Dude, he looks 
like Joshua Jackson and talks like fucking um, Joel McHale. It, it was the weird. My, <laughs> my brain like fucking broke every scene this guy was in because I was like, I knew who he was. And I was just like, this is not. Like, he looks just like Josh Jackson and talks exactly like Joel McHale. And my fucking brain, like, could not handle it. Like, Dude, he, he does, and I agree with both. And then at the very end, he makes one scene when he's, like, screaming. And he looks just like Dennis Quaid. It honestly freaked me out a bit. Like, Dude, it's the weirdest thing. This guy's the fucking fuck? face. Um, I guess he's big. He did the, uh, the Hunger Games movies. Um... What else? Oh, and he's in the boys, baby. Yeah, but we meet him, Richie. He's a he's definitely a key character. I, I liked him a lot too, actually. Um, for the most part, when he wasn't like fucking too. with my fucking head. Um, and uh, Wes, the character Wes that we met at the beginning is uh Wes Hicks, and he is the daughter of the son, the son, the son. The son of old Judy Hicks. Loved it. Yes. Loved it. Loved Judy. Getting some action. This movie, this movie has a lot of fan service. It is a lot of fan service. It's, now, what? That's you, not a criticism. It's just, it, it has a lot of callbacks. And yeah. To the first but, like, isn't that scream? Every fucking scream? Like, you know what I mean? I don't mean that in a bad way either. Like, that's what scream does, right? They, they want to. Until the end, they kind of give you what you want, <laughs> for the most part. Right. Um, Wes Hicks is the do- the son of Judy Hicks. Um, Judy, if I were to make this movie, as you as you mentioned before, like wh- like the we'll, and we'll get into that a little bit more. The whole Sydney Gale thing. Um, I agree. I don't think they should have been utilized at all in this. Like cut them all the way out which is funny because i saw scream fans being like what's the fucking deal they're barely in this like give them more screen time and i was like no that's the opposite of what we need to do like we need to move on like because i mean i i agree with both if they're going to be in it i feel like they should have had okay fair screen time i I do uh that that was my complaint is that they didn't and it just to your point if if you're not if you're not going to use them that much you know why, why even use them at all? Why bring them in at all? I, you know what? Like, if you want to, if you wanted to do that, a phone call is cool. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we see that now in the MCU. What I think, actually, I was thinking about this today, was like, and we talked about the MCU a lot in our bonus episode, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you're not familiar. Uh, Marvel is doing this thing where they're incorporating TV shows, short, one-off TV shows, right? between one to 10 episodes to fill in some gaps for these movies. I think scream should have fucking done that. I think scream should have done like a 10 episode arc with Gail, Sydney and the original cast, right. To lead into a movie that now breaks free of that original story. Yeah. I, yeah, I just think uh, it's such a universe. Like, it is its own universe now. Like, you could do a fucking... You could do probably a whole series on fucking Sydney and Gale. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, they're... We're attached to them. I get that. There are safety blankets in this movie, but... I think Judy could have just 
been our only safety blanket in this movie. I think she's great. I loved her in four. And I think her being in this would have been the just her, right, would have been the perfect transition for like, hey, we're moving on from Scream. But here's Judy to like <laughs> pass the torch. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I, I don't know that I agree fully because I did like, like I said, I liked having them in it. But I think they should have either gone extreme one way or extreme the other way. Have, have them really featured or don't have them at all. And to have them like. Well, I guess we'll get into it, but the way they're featured is also a problem for me, but whatever. <laughs> we also meet um, Vince, who is our first insane – well, we meet the whole the whole crew, right? Like, Jesus, and it is, it is a crew, baby. Crew of hot teens. Hot, hot teens. <laughs> um, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what? <laughs> you got um, Sam Carpenter. That's the sister. Okay, she's not, she's not, that's not who I'm talking about. Tara Carpenter, who's Jenny Ortega. <laughs> you got Wes Hicks, played by Dylan Minetti. You got Richie, who we talked about. Uh, you got M- Mindy Meeks Martin. This girl stole the goddamn show. You got Liv McKenzie, who I, uh, oh no, Liv was fine. Liv was fine. Um, she's the boyfriend to the jocks, who is also Chad Meeks Martin. Uh, and then you got Amber Freeman in this. Um, and that's, I guess those, those are the teens we got. Those are the teens we got. Um, and you got this guy, Vince, played by Guile, Kyle, <laughs> Kyle, Kyle Gallner. Um, and he's supposed to be, I believe he's like, I believe he's Stu's nephew. That's correct. Okay. He's the first red herring. And boy, have you ever seen a guy look fucking age fucking 45? And they're like, hey, remember when you fucked him this summer? And I was like, wait, excuse me. (laughs) This brother's got a mustache. He is mustachioed. He is tattooed. This man should not be around high school children, but... Um, she's no, like, he shouldn't. <laughs> also, why are high school kids hanging out in the bar? Hey, brother, that's a great question. I, I'm with you on that. But you know what? Um, I think that's just the way life is these days. Jennifer's body. That, that, that can't be. That can't be factual. Well, you know, Chad Meeks Martin's got fucking rune tattoos all over his fucking arms. <laughs> Do kids have tattoos nowadays? I don't know. That's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy if they do. I think they do. I think they do. Teens are teens are scary. Teens teens scare me. I don't want to I don't want to cross a teen. Um <laughs> Sorry. I had too much wine. Anyway. Um loved Chad Meeks Martin. Uh, he's the jock. He's a twin to Man- Mindy Meeks Martin. I when we I we st- find out are right. They're Rand- Randy's niece and nephew. Right, exactly. And Mindy takes the the place of Randy and it does a does a pretty damn good job of it. Uh, this is where I am one hundred percent on board with this movie. Mindy is the fucking shit. Mindy fucking rocks. I love her so much. Um, again. Similar to Hayden Penetier in the last film, uh, an understated Randy, right? Like Randy was cool, 
But Randy was a fucking a fucking lunatic. I'm loving these fans of horror that are just like normal and like just chime in. Like they'll like they look to her, right? They'll be like, "Hey, Mindy, is that right?" And Mindy's like, "Hey, like not really, but like here X, Y, and Z." Whereas Randy's like, "Shut the fuck up, you stupid idiots! <laughs> Listen up. How the fuck have you not seen Prom Night Part Six? You fucking morons!" <laughs> Uh, this is where Hayden Penetier and Mindy fucking blow Randy out of the water. Randy's such a fucking mess. Um, but I loved like you, you see Chad and he's the football player. He's the jock. He's dating Liv. And I mean, he does have this weird conversation about like wanting to have sex. But like you see him and I got like flashbacks to like early 2000s horror. And I was like, oh, God, what are we doing here? Like what? Like the jock, like is the jock thing even a thing anymore? He's perfect, man. He's fucking perfect. Like he's not the stereotypical jock, and it works. Right. I fucking loved him. Um, Amber, uh, Amber meets uh, uh, Sam for the first time. There's issues there, so you got some red herrings. The other thing about this, other than uh, again, that is better than two and three, are real red herrings that you have to piece together. Whereas two and three were just like, <laughs> you didn't give a fuck about anyone. You know what I mean? Like they, they were able to make you care about almost all these characters in this. Yeah. I thought, I thought the end, like the reveal was honestly kind of obvious, but they had an, they did enough good job with the red herrings that I still kind of doubted my own intuition at times. So yeah, that's I, good I like enough that in 2021 out. or 2022 like to be able to at least like suspend you for a minute i feel like is a good is a good thing but it's a, it's a w yeah yeah um so amber is the girlfriend i believe she's her girlfriend right like to to tara she, she's like Anna's, amber's her like best friend right I thought they were. Saying? I thought they were dating. Oh, I didn't. I, I thought they were just close friends. I'm gonna look it up a, a real quick. Amber and Tara. Tara is dating a girl. Oh. Wait. Oh, okay. So it's like kind of, it's kind of like up in the air, right? So are Amber and Tara dating? The early character bio states that they are, but another account refers to them as friends. And I think the reason it wasn't confirmed is because it's a secret. I don't know. I I can't figure it out, but I think somebody said Tara is dating somebody else. I don't know. I don't know. But like, they're very tight, right? Like they're, they know each other like really well, right? Whether they're dating or just friends, they they are in each other's lives daily. Um, uh, and by the way, Amber's a fucking nightmare. I fucking hate, <laughs> I fucking hate, <laughs> I hate Amber's face so much that <laughs> here <laughs> she was in, uh, she was in once upon a time in Hollywood. She was one of Manson's cult followers and she has the perfect face for that. My problem with her is, so, in this franchise, you have to be able to, like, 
all the characters have to be able to be like, well, is it her or is it him? Um, but then you're like, no, no, it's not. But Amber's face pisses you off so much, you never check her off your list. You, she's always on your fucking list because of her fucking face. I agree. I agree. That, that's like, that, I'm being serious. Like, there's something redeemable about all the characters in like the original Scream where you're like, oh, that's him. It's him. It's him. But then like something will happen and you're like, okay, it's not them. But like Amber, that never happens because you're like, I hate her so fucking much. <laughs> I, she's always going to be on the list of uh, suspects. Um, but yeah. And then Vince, uh, Vince, Vince, they all go to a bar. Vince pulls out a knife. Um, Vince's, Vince's, Vince's Stu's uh, nephew. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We don't find out at this point, but uh, he is. Vin, at the bar, uh, Vince goes outside to take up a, 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 a piss because I guess the bar bathroom isn't an option, which... Well, like, he got kicked out. He, he got kicked oh, out he got bar. kicked out. Um, yeah. Well, I was about to correct myself anyway, because as if I haven't actually pissed in the corner of a bar it, with a bathroom three feet away. Uh, you know, so I get it, Vince, brother. Um, but outside, a car headlights light up while he's pissing against the building. Isn't it his car? It I think he makes a reference to that. <laughs> it is. A I would stop car. pissing I, if I didn't come with anybody, and somebody my light, my car turns on, and the lights <laughs> it's shining my face. I'm cutting off my stream. <laughs> what, what the fuck's going on? You cut that stream off, whether it's your car or not. If a car, if a <laughs> yeah, car headlights flash right on you as you're taking a fucking, I don't need anyone seeing it, seeing my dangling. And also, you're playing red, right, red. <laughs> Red right hand, fucking so fucking loud. I'm I'm Listen, fucking cutting off the street. I, and running. <laughs> I like I like that they brought it back for that. Too. I did. I hate it A- after three movies of fucking hating it and being glad it was gone. For to hear it come back, it, it hit me in the right spot. And 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 a, and a perfect moment, right? But I mean, again, like if I'm pissing outside, drunk as fuck, and somebody like turns on their lights on me and plays that, I'm fucking out of there. Baby. Yeah, yeah, I I would stop. He goes on for another good thirty seconds. Yeah, and he's just like, "Hey, what's the fucking deal, guys?" <laughs> also, look at that guy. That guy does not give a shit if he pisses his pants. Are you Vince, kidding me? Vince definitely has a fucking hog. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only person that would fuck it anyway. Um. Hey, guess what? He goes to check on the car because it's his car. And he's like, get the fuck out of my car. Goes to check on the car. No one's there. Ghostface shows up. I loved. After, we'll, we'll continue as we go on. I, I can't think of a kill that I didn't fucking love in this movie, man. Like, Yes. I do have a favorite, though. Um, I It's tied for me. And it's tied with this one because... Ghostface just fucking pokes him in the neck. It's such a quick jab. So perfectly, and the blood just fucking shoot, dude. It was fucking beautiful. It was it was a fucking it was fucking amazing. Um, and Vince is fucking dead, which is cool to like get rid of a red herring that quickly, right? Because like everyone was like, that's definitely one of them. So to get rid of uh, Stu's nephew that quickly is 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 really fucking cool. Uh, now, 
One one issue I actually have with this movie takes place right before Vince dies. Uh, is that you know Tara was attacked? The sister comes back. Mm-hmm. She's also a red herring. I and then the kids go to this bar and we get the the twins and the new Randy character talking. I felt that they kind of rushed the whole everybody's a suspect thing, kind of made it fit in. Whereas the first one, everything's so natural. Like we we know Randy's characters like that, and they like ease us into that conversation of how the killer might be copying a horror movie and everybody like nobody's to be trusted immediately. They're yelling about, well, you might be the killer. And then they're just like, well, how do I know you're not? And it just, it didn't seem as natural as the other ones. It didn't. And it's, it was weird because later on in the movie, we do have that moment of when they finally all sit together and like do the scream thing, right. With the rules and, you know what I mean? Like we do that later. So to do that at the bar or I don't know whether it was at the bar or before the bar, but to do that in advance of that is just like, kind of like, yeah, like you said, it's like kind of double time. But again, like there's a killer on the loose in your town, which by the way, that will, like you said, there's some issues with the way people behave when this killer is loose in a town. Well, that's, that's the Scream universe. <laughs> That's Woodsboro in general. Right. Every single film we've seen, people have been brutally murdered and everyone is immediately going back to class. Oh, actually, that, that school always closes, which, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> but then they all just have parties and everyone is yes, having yes, fun. Yes. Where, where that should not be the case. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's insane. Like, that's it's fucking crazy. And, and in this one, it's five. You'd think that they would, like, come to their senses, but they do not. <laughs> Um, I'd actually say in this one, they're like less aware of the threat, um, than other ones. Okay. Other ones, it seems like they're like very much like this is Woodsboro. Like, well, yeah, I think, I think because Tara survived, right? The, the other ones, it's set off by the cold open and those girls were murdered. Yeah, I guess that's true. Oh, fuck. That's a good point, brother. I fucking like it. Well, and thanks for filling in the gaps there. I forgot to mention. So, like, yeah, Sam has come back to town, reunited with Tara, her sister, who has just been almost murdered, um, to figure out what's going on. And Sam is holding on to a secret. Uh, and that secret is we find out here. <laughs> here in the hospital. Tara's she's vis- in the hospital. She's visiting Tara. <laughs> she's arguing with Amber. Amber, Amber doesn't like that uh, she came back after all these years and how she just left her and she thinks it's going to make the situation worse having her here. Uh, but yeah, she goes into the bathroom and she has a big secret. She does. And her secret is that in high school, their mother got pregnant um, by somebody. <laughs> and that somebody, wait, so she got pregnant by some, wait, fuck, I forget how the reveal goes. So she got pregnant. She, so she goes up to the attic. Sam, as a child, goes up to the attic, finds her mom's diaries, reads them. Don't know why the mom's keeping these diaries. Reads the mom's diaries, uh, finds out that she actually had gotten pregnant in high school. Uh, Sam confronts the mom after the dad had left the house and is like, you were not your fucking kids. Or no, Sam's not her kid. Sam's like, I'm not your kid. And the dad is standing right behind her and is like, what the fuck? And he fucking splits. Uh, and it turns out that the real dad is none other than 
Mr. Billy Loomis, baby. Skeet Ulrich is back. Skeet Ulrich is back. Looking- and he has visions that Sam sees. Yes. <laughs> we see him appear here, here in the mirror. Uh, you know, he appears in cars. I'm going to jump around a bit just to talk about this. Yes. So, it, yes, as a Scream <laughs> fan, as a Scream fan, I like seeing Billy back. Sure. And there's no other way to bring him back. Than this. Yeah. Than this. Than this. It's the only way you could do it. Uh, it was idiotic. <laughs> it, it completely unnecessary. We had we had a gripe. Which one? Part three, where Sydney has a dream of her mother and her right. there. Like you don't need to do that in screen movies. So t- to have this, I didn't like at all. And then this might sound stupid, but if you're going to subject us to that. <laughs> Which, which which you did, which they did, <laughs> go all out, like go all out. Then you've already you've already introduced it. We already know it exists. We, we've already had to see it. So then make it make it, like double down on it and make it a huge plot point. Uh, after introducing it, they didn't utilize it enough. I, I don't think they should have utilized it at all. I want to be clear on that. They, they, it should not have been in the movie at any point. But when you put it in, at least make it significant. He's only in a couple scenes, and he's also. Like a guardian angel that's that's giving fatherly advice. Oh, that that okay, yeah, that was a little weird. It's, that was a little weird. Dude, it's Billy fucking Loomis. Uh, what, kidding me? He's the reason all this is happening in this universe. He's he's like evil incarnate. He's the Michael Myers of the Scream universe. Yeah. Uh, to to make him be like Dexter's dark horse for those yeah. familiar with the show Dexter. Dark passenger. That's fucking dark passenger. Uh, that's that's fucking stupid. Yeah. Yeah, it's Billy Loomis. But here's the thing. I so I'm probably in the minority. I actually didn't mind that, but I didn't mind it because Wes had already set this fucking precedent with fucking Maureen showing up in fucking body bags, being like, Sydney, give me a hug. Like and shit. Like, I mean, I know that you, okay, before I get the fucking emails saying that that was the killer in the body bag. I'm just saying, Maureen showed up in a fucking dream to Sydney. Like to me, like, I get it. Like, I, I, I'm fine. I understand your point, and I'm with it. I get it. But at the same time, Scream fans, like, you can't be like, that's the fucking worst thing I've ever... Because it's already fucking happened once. It's already happened in one of your favorite fucking movies. So, like, don't tell me that it's that bad. Because fucking Maureen showing up and being like, it's Sydney. Like... Is honestly like one of the most insane things I've ever seen, but um, I get it. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but like I also didn't mind it. Like I kind of just like wrote it off. Like it's kind of just whatever. And this the Sam character. I struggle with the Sam character because of it, though. Like as we find out her role in this, like what what does this have to do with Sam and? How does this make Sam more interesting in another movie? Do you know what I mean? And and that, that's what I'm saying. They should have since they put it in the movie. They should have doubled down and made it really a major plot point. You either go all in with this, and I mean, I guess I don't know. We'll talk about it at the end, I guess. But um, it's it's definitely a choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and so she tells all this to Tara, her sister, that. Her, bro- her fucking dad's Billy Loomis, and this is why she ran away from home. And Tara is 
furious. And we get a little bit of like some melodramatic scene here. It's, it's fucking long and Tara is just fucking, it's a little much. It's a little much for my taste here <laughs> of just being like, I don't know. It was very MTVS. Sure. Which by the way, all of them have been. So I'm not even like, whatever. This is like an MTV franchise basically. But um, it, this was just very like new MTV melodramatic type of thing. Um, especially like Sam's like, well, that just fucking leave me. Sam, you're the one that fucking showed up. Fucking relax. Like fucking <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> um, yeah. And then they're like, so Sam's like, we have to talk to an expert. She's talking to Richie. She's like, we got to talk to an expert about this. Cue in our boy, our boy, Dewey. Fucking David Arquette's back. Uh, Dewey's back. He lives in a trailer. His limp is back. FYI. His limp is back and he references it. <laughs> Old Dewey, he's back. He was the first cast member to sign on. And he he, he openly said in the Q&A that he did it because he just hoped that everyone else would sign on after. <laughs> Dude, he talks like a crazy person on Q&As. It's actually crazy. Like, I actually couldn't hear him. He was just, like, laughing to himself. And I was just like, oh, okay. Um, we also learned Gail in this moment because uh, Dewey's watching TV. Gail's basically on a uh, Good Morning America type show. Yep. That she's the host of. So she's done pretty well for her for for herself. Um and the kids go to his door, knock on the door. Uh Dewey's like, I don't want to talk to you. And they're like, What if I told you I'm Billy Loomis's daughter? And he's like, Well, I especially don't want to talk to you. <laughs> Which I thought yeah, was Ar- fucking awesome. Arquette Arquette kills it in this movie. He really does. Oh yeah, he he says, That's a terrible reason for me to talk to you. <laughs> And I thought that was, like, the best fucking response. Like, of all the characters coming back for, like, different reasons, like, Dewey makes the most sense. And he's, like, the most real with it, right? Like, Dewey's like, that does not entice me to talk to you. Like, are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? Like, I want nothing to do with you. Um, But he does talk to them. Um, And that's when they go over some of the rules here. Um well, they yep. go. They go to the Meeks house. Okay, the okay. That's house. what. That's what I thought, but I did not write that down. And it, they bring back the actual actress that played uh, oh, Randy's sister. Dude, that was like my biggest question was whether they would bring back that woman to play play the sister. I thought that was honestly like the best thing of all time was bringing her was bringing her back for that. Uh, they have a shrine to Randy in their living room, which is awesome. Uh, and then the the actress in question that we're talking about, she has almost no screen time. But when she does, she has probably my favorite line in the movie. And Dewey, Dewey's like, oh, so good to see you. And she just goes, Dewey, you look. And then just pauses and doesn't say anything. Because Dewey looks like fucking shit. He does. <laughs> He's so unkempt. <laughs> and the way that she delivered that was perfect. Yeah. And, and also, wait. I'm sorry. I was. We had gotten a message from the, for the show. Um, did you mention the the Randy Shrine in the house? Yes, I did. Okay, yeah, yeah. that shrine is absolutely out of control, but also probably the most realistic thing, right? Like, <laughs> for sure, they would do that. For sure. Um, 
so the whole gang gathers there. They got Dewey there, who now is carrying a gun and a, a badge that is not legal, uh, as we'll find out. <laughs> he is not part of the police force, uh, but that's okay. Um, and we go over the rules of a requel. Yeah. Never trust the love interest, who would be, I think it's Amber. Uh, well, I, th- I thought that was Richie. Who the fuck is dating Richie? What? Serious? <laughs> wait, wait, are you serious? Yeah, I'm fucking serious. Dude, that's like the biggest plot point of the entire movie. Richie's fucking dead, dude. Why is that the biggest plot point? Richie's fucking Richie? dead. Richie? What the fuck are you talking about? Richie's... Richie is stuff? already fucking dead. Why would that be this plot? What are you talking about? Richie is Richie's De- Dennis Quaid's son. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? You're really throwing... I was thinking of the other guy. Right I was thinking of the other guy. I was thinking of the other guy. <laughs> What's his fucking name? Uh, Red Right... Vince? Vince, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Richie. Okay, fine. <laughs> yeah, Richie's... Yeah, right. you proved me wrong, all right? <laughs> I was very, very concerned for a moment. <laughs> Because if you didn't piece together Richie's role, how do we continue from this point? Fine, fine, (laughs) fine, fine. (laughs) No wonder I was so confused the whole movie. Uh, (laughs) Who's this guy? (laughs) Every time he shows up, just just genuine shock. (laughs) I thought he died hours ago. All right, so... (laughs) um, all right, never trust the love interest, which is Richie, as I said. Uh, number two, <laughs> number two, motive always connected to the past, which is Dewey, right? Did I get that one right? Connected to the past, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, it's like Dewey, Dewey Hicks, yeah, and and. Vince was killed, so he stews, you know, he's related. And, and, uh, yeah, because Wes there is like, well, I'm fucked, like, and and everyone's like, no, 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 you're good. Um, And then number three is killer is always in the friend group. Right. And then they're like, so so it's one of us? And Dewey's like, that's for you to figure out. It's like, hey, Dewey, no, the police should fucking figure that out. Yeah. Dude, what, a, what a statement to a bunch of high schoolers. Dude, high, like, think about us in high school. We couldn't fucking crack a case if we fucking wanted to. Well, I guess that's for you guys to investigate on your own. Investigate a fucking mass murderer. Uh, no, but that's okay. Okay. And Dewey even mentions his limp. Um. And what what I like, I liked the rules of the recall. I, I I did. I know some people had criticisms criticisms of that online, but I thought it was fine. And I liked the meta of this one because they were also talking about the movie they were making, and they were they throughout the whole movie they were making fun of you know this particular screen movie and its existence, and they were kind of like getting ahead of the curve on some criticism that they anticipated getting. Which I they like did. It. Which they fucking did get. Which is so fucking funny because, like, if I were going to criticize it for any of those reasons, um, I definitely wouldn't have after finishing the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're like, this is definitely yeah, what people ad- are going to say. <laughs> they addressed it pretty clearly. It's 
pretty foolproof. <laughs> like I would never mention those things. Uh, and it's funny because people are mentioning those things being like, you fucking kidding me. Um, yeah, that, that was something else. Um, and then that's, that's kind of our rules. So do we call Sydney? We see Sydney with a baby living somewhere. Do we, do we text? <laughs> he calls Sydney and texts Gail and both of them. He's just like, Hey, it's happening again. Stay the fuck out of town. Like, what, why are you even calling? Them? Don't they even would, tell them. Dude, they wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, <laughs> the funny thing about Sydney, did you notice who Sydney's husband was? Uh, no, I didn't. They reference his name. His name is Mark, who is the police officer <laughs> in Patrick, part three. Patrick Dempsey's character? Correct. All right. That is correct. So uh, that's fucking weird. <laughs> I'm not super thrilled about it, but, you know, I guess it fucking pays off that weird scene of him in her house being like, I made popcorn. <laughs> It does, but then he's not mentioned at all. Ever again. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Oh, wait. No, in four, is she the is four the one where she's... Oh, no, it's three where she's wearing the necklace from Jerry O'Connell, but whatever. So she call, he calls Sid. Sid, it's happening again. Um, and he's like, something about this feels different. Uh, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. It's the exact <laughs> same. It's the same blueprint since 96. <laughs> feels literally exactly the same. Uh... Dewey texts Gail not to come, um, you know, and that sends a smiley face. <laughs> oh, he, oh, that was fucking funny because like it was, th- Dewey was funny in this movie. Dewey was fucking great in this movie. And like, that's something, I mean, um, as like a 30 something year old single person, uh, like that dating lifestyle is fucking weird. And like people like overthink shit with texts and stuff and like for sure you like send something like that and you're like why the fuck did i just do that like what the fuck so it was i thought especially in that context it's happening again don't come (laughs) hope you're well smiley face that's insane if somebody texted that to me i'd block them i'd block them immediately like what do you tell me about a murder and then send that and dewey's like really like doing the old clint eastwood routine in this and i kind of fucking loved it i kind of fucking loved it the old man right like the old the old grizzled vet uh, pulling up with a limp. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, this is the scene where they meet at Martha's house, but that's okay. Um, well, it doesn't matter. You, it, you've been saying for the past four movies that this movie was going to be Dewey's Redemption. Uh, do you still feel that way? Is it Dewey's Redemption? Uh, in a way, kind of. Like, I think Dewey's the most competent in this, <laughs> for sure. But he's also got, like, the little bit of Dewey, of course, in him. Like, the sweetness of Dewey in it. But it's definitely Dewey. I mean, it's definitely not. I guess it's not his redemption. But it's... It's not. Because he does nothing. Dewey is so fucking useless in this movie. So, here's the thing that we f- I found out in the Q&A. Uh, they were like, hey, like, what made you join this? And he, he was like, I hated the script so much. <laughs> which is insane to say in a Q&A with the fucking director right next to you. He was like, I hated it so much. Like, they wrote so much stuff for me, and I'm so glad it's all cut out of this. So, they filmed it 
Um, but they cut a lot of it out. And I guess he was supposed to be like a super hardcore alcoholic. Um, that like, that's what ruined his marriage and shit. And he's like, uh, that hit like way too close to home. And they clearly wrote that on purpose. Cause I'm Dewey. Like no one else is Dewey. Right. Like, so when you write that for Dewey, you're writing it for me. Like, you for know what I mean? Cat, and yeah. he, he was like, it's kind of fucked up. And he's like, he, he openly was like, I did not, I hated, I hated it. Like I fucking hated everything about that. Um, and he's like, but thankfully they cut almost all of it out. <laughs> so I yeah. think Dewey had a story and it doesn't sound like it was very good. Um, <laughs> and he's, he, but he even said like, he was like, I, I wasn't comfortable with like a lot of the material that like I said and shot in this, like it, it wasn't comfortable for him. Um, and that makes sense, right? Like he's talking to Gail, who is his real ex-wife about, you know, his behavior and shit. And like, it's, I felt, I, you know, this is just my opinion. There's nothing that I read to uh, verify this, but I felt a lot of their conversation when they finally meet up face to face was kind of based in truth. Like it might've been some, some real heartfelt uh, conversation there. Well, yeah. And I mean, even, even in this moment, in this scene that we're talking about right now, where they meet at the Meeks house um, to discuss all of this, um, when, when they're like, what the fuck? Somebody's like, somebody's like, maybe you're the killer, Dewey. You know what I mean? Like they're they're This yeah. is when they start doing the accusing thing. Like they always do. And they're like, maybe you're the co- killer, Dewey. And they're like, he's like, why? And somebody's like, you're a fucking alcoholic. You lost your wife. Like all of these fucking things that really happened to David Arquette. And right. supposedly in this Q and a, he said that it was ad libbed that he said, that cuts deep. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, because it fucking did. It was insane. I hated everything about that scene. <laughs> so, like, you know, like, it's a fucking weird thing to put somebody in that position. And especially fucking to be like, dude, imagine somebody listing shit about you in a fucking movie. And it's like, this is going to be so fucking funny. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, and I, I love also Dewey's reaction to finding out like what a requel was, right? Yes. That was great. Cause they're like, it's a requel. And he's like, excuse me, <laughs> what the fuck are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and the Meeks, the Meeks girl, uh, Mindy Meeks does a speech here that is just f- talking about scream fans, just straight up talking about scream fans. And I fucking loved it. I thought it was awesome. Just talking about the rules and stuff. Um, and this leads uh, Sam and Tara to be like, are you telling me that I am stuck in fucking fan fiction? And it's fucking true, right? They are, right? Yeah, they are. Right. And also they immediately accuse Sam of being uh, the killer. <laughs> so that that's fucking cool. Uh, you know, in, of all the movies, this is the first one where they genuinely accuse each other of it. Does that does that make sense? Like like soon the fucking jock will be like he passes up sex because he's like, well, you well, I, might be the killer. I love that. I love dude. That. Me too. <laughs> All he wants to do is get laid, but he he doesn't uh, because he he's like, I'm not quite sure. You know, if you're clear, he's like, Which, why are we going to go into a room alone? <laughs> yes, 
Yes, I, lo- I love that. Here's the question. Would, would you do the same? Uh, no, fucking no chance. High school, Sean? Are you fucking kidding me? I would have fu- I would have been like, listen, just tell me you're the killer in advance. Let's get this. Let me get it in, and we're good to go. <laughs> and you can kill me after. High school, Sean had no game. He would have not. There's no chance I'm going to be like, oh. I'd be like, I, this is fine. It's worth dying for. Sure. Um, you get more Billy vision. That happens a lot. Get some high school chest pubes from Wes, which was fucking alarming. <laughs> fucking hated that scene so much. Don't, don't show me that fucking shit. Speaking of chest, oh, I'm not going to get into it anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Wes Hicks is taking a shower. Mom leaves, goes uh, to go pick up food. She gets a call. Uh, and the killer says, by the time I see you, I'll have gutted your baby boy. So she fucking spins right around. Um, Hicks runs into the house. Door flies open. And she is killed in broad daylight yes in the middle of, Ro- middle of the street middle of the fucking street well, fucking it's their house but loved it that was fucking brutal to have judy go down and the way she does is fucking insane was not expecting it and the stabbing in this movie for a series that's based on stab kills uh the stabbing was pretty uneasy to watch maybe the best this time. maybe the best yeah. Yeah, like for for real. Like I, I agree with you completely. Like it was brutal to watch. Um, how many times has the killer killed in broad daylight? That's a question I would like to see. Yeah, Randy dies in daylight, but like in a van. In a van. But anyway, so Wes is in the house. We get this super tense scene that lasts maybe a little bit too long because it's almost annoying. <laughs> um, all the false reveals because they're, they're playing a score. So many fake ass in this Dude, scene. and the score is like, dong, 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 dong. And then like he closes the fridge and there's no one behind it. There's even like, the way that they set up some of the like clothing in the background. And this oh, isn't yeah. the only scene they did this, but it looked at like a quick glance, it looked like it could be Ghostface's silhouette, but it's, it wasn't. It's just how they prop stuff up. It's actually not the only time they do it. It, it actually happens a couple times. No, later. yeah, it's not the only time. It, it, oh, is that what you said? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. I thought you said this. Was the, <laughs> I was like, that's a bra- brazen statement. You were like, this is the only time. Uh, yeah, no, it's <laughs> it's not. And I think that's fucking cool. I think that's cool to do. Um, but it was almost annoying in this one because this scene lasts so fucking long of West just like roaming around the house. You're wondering if he's going to get got. Um, but they do it really well um, where he locks the door and you get caught off guard and he fucking gets fucking killed. Um, this is my favorite kill in the movie. This was the one I was going to say was tied with the other one because this is, I think, the first time you see the entry and exit wound of a knife going through somebody's throat and it's um tough to watch <laughs> yeah it, it is it's gross um and to think of like a high schooler dying that way is just fucking brutal you see it come out the other end um his mom dude too fucking sad sad um gail and and judy was shocking to me i thought she was i, I honestly thought she was going to be like the new dewey and yeah torch yeah 
Yeah. But no, and I, I, I dig that though. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate she uh, sh- salute to uh fucking Hicks, Deputy Hicks. Um, but this, this Gail shows up, of course, wrong, wrong time to show up (laughs) for murder. Um, and Dewey, uh, is, uh, we go back to the old Dewey fucking Gail relationship of like, of course she brought the camera. (laughs) Of course she brought the cameras, you stupid jerk. (laughs) You guys have known each other for fucking 40 years. Which is... Which is insane. They, they've been married. And, yeah, he's like, oh, it wouldn't be a story without Gail trying to get her big break. Which, Dewey, <laughs> you, t- you broke the news to her. And then, also in the same breath, Dewey's like, sorry, I was a piece of shit and left in the middle of the night. And Gail's oh the God. one that's like, that's like I've, been, I've been trying to get in touch with you. Like, well, you that story me. That story <laughs> is so, like, fucking half-assed. It's unbelievable. <laughs> Dude, that's the craziest story where it's like, she's like, because like, you kind of think that Gail left him, like that's kind of the vibe yeah. that they put out. Because yeah. she's successful, she? right? And Dewey's a fucking idiot. And um, it turns out <laughs> Dewey, Dewey fucking went to New York for her big career and then like left in the middle of the night. <laughs> right, right. Um, which, he even calls himself a coward. Which to do that and then to be like, look who shows up, <laughs> dude. <laughs> always, always looking out for yourself. <laughs> and also, I let you know that this was happening. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Like it's not, it's not great. That fucking storyline is rough. Um, and yeah, and and then Gail's like, oh my god, if I knew that, uh, it wouldn't have been a problem. And Dewey's like, oh my god. So it's a real weird fucking storyline there. Um, but we do find out Dewey was asked to retire um, from the force. So he wasn't, um, you know. <laughs> He's a fucking drunk. Uh, anyway, Sam and Dewey go to check on the sister because they're like, <laughs> there's like 8 million cops at the scene. And they're like, wait, who's watching my sister? Uh, and it's nobody, which is par for the course in fucking Woodsboro. Why do I have so many pages of fucking notes? Dude? I have like 18 fucking pages left. Fucking insane. Anyway, they go to the hospital to check on uh, the old sister. Uh, power goes out in the hospital. I love, shout out Thom Tom on this one. Uh, his memes that he was making about our observations about Woodsboro's hospitals versus their fucking uh, news, <laughs> their like news reporting was the funniest shit. Because it's true. Why does no one work at the hospital? There's not a single employee at the fucking hospital, but there's ten thousand reporters in fucking. Yeah, everyone in town's a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking insane. And again, hospitals. Like I, I work for like, uh, like within energy hospitals don't lose power like this. They don't, they have massive generators. They have almost their own system, uh, for power to go out in a hospital is fucking insane. Um, but it does, it does. And Tara's in a wheelchair. Um, and she is painfully in a wheelchair, which I only highlight that because later on, she's gone to crutches in the span of like 30 minutes you would think she was dying by the way she was rolling each wheel in the scene dude the- she's grimacing and screaming <laughs> <laughs> writhing in pain i fucking loved it um 
she rolls out. She finds a dead cop. Richie shows up. Um, somebody gets killed. I don't know who. Wait, what? Richie shows up and gets killed. Does Richie get killed? No. He, no, of course not. What? <laughs> I mean, he's attacked. Right? Oh, okay, okay, he's okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and, and she's like, "How did you know I was here? Or what are you doing?" Like, obviously, he's a suspect, right? Right. Because right. he shows up, and she's like, "How did? How did you know?" And he has a good alibi because his sister said, "Get down to the hospital and check on him." Because she's on her way with Dewey, um, but then Ghostface shows up and she's subduing Richie. Right. Okay. Yeah, and then Ghostface calls Sam, and Sam's on the way with Dewey, right? But we're only seeing it from Ghostface's point of view, which is fun to see for the first time. Like, you watch you watch Ghostface turn on his mic um, to talk into the phone while Tara's sitting there, um, kind of prone, right? Like, she's, she's she could easily be killed. Um, yeah, and, and Ghostface gets on the phone with Sam. Right. And... She's like, I'll give you know, we'll play a game. I'll give you a choice. I'll either kill your, you can either save your sister or your boyfriend. Which is awesome. Yes. I love that. I love that element um, in this. I thought it was fucking great. Um, And then Sam's like, by the way, I was just stalling time. And the elevator opens and fucking Deadeye fucking Dewey. This fucking guy can't shoot a fucking gun to save his fucking life. Fucking Ghostface is like three feet away from him and he fucking misses. (laughs) And Dewey's in the fight for his life. Uh, But he does end up shooting Ghostface, which is great. Three shots into Ghostface's chest. Yep. Ghostface crashes through a fucking. Wait, they're in a hospital. What was that? I thought it was a trophy case. (laughs) Dude, it was 100% a trophy case. (laughs) Fucking in a fucking hospital. I was just like, wait, that's not a high school. Like, what the fuck was that? All right. Well, a trophy case. Uh, Shoots them through the trophy case. They get into the elevator. They've saved Tara, Sam. I feel like somebody else is there, but I don't know. Um, Oh, Richie, right, of course. And, um, you know, Dewey says, you have to shoot them in the head or else they come back. This scene is um, great and also terrible at the same time. Uh, the way it's played off is stupid, I think. Like, Dewey being like, hang on, what? you guys go ahead, I've got this. And, like, dude, you could see Ghostface's head from, like, a mile away. I mean, granted, the guy can't fucking shoot to save his life. But, um, <laughs> he and, and, you know, like, he's sending them away because he's like... Th- he could still be alive. So for Dewey to walk up within like two feet of the ghost face to shoot him is fucking insane. Right? Like you just sent a group of people away because you're like, this is dangerous. <laughs> this could be alive. And then to be like, all right, I'm going to get as close as fucking possible to shoot you. Um, but Hey, you know what? That's it. Uh, ghost face wakes up, kills Dewey. In a pretty in a pretty good scene, uh, the double stabbing and like ripping. Uh, that, the ripping there's no way the he's coming. The ripping and the tearing, which Dewey's pretty invincible in these movies. He even makes reference of how he's he was stabbed like 17 times. Yeah, uh, this one left no doubt. You knew he wasn't coming back. Uh, so. the, the fucking the fucking ghost face sticks like two knives in him and lifts him up in the air. Yeah, for real. 
Which, by the way, when the killers are revealed, this is a impossible, r- a it's rough thing impossible. to swallow, a rough <laughs> pill to swallow when you realize who the killers are. But whatever. Um, uh, I almost uh, choke up a bit with Dewey. Get Dewey the fuck out of here! Did you watch Ghostbusters <laughs> yet? Did you watch Ghostbusters yet? I did. I did. Did you choke up at that? No, that's, that fucking movie stunk. I cried my... F- or what the fuck are you talking about? That movie didn't That movie st- was mediocre at best. Oh, my God. Last you're 10 minutes. insane. You're, in, you're at, an insane person. At, at best. No, Talk about you're fucking an faces. insane person. <laughs> Fart that's Wolfhard, or whatever his name is, looks like an idiot. Well, you hate that kid. <laughs> yeah, I do. But listen, the movie stunk. No, it didn't. It fucking didn't. And fucking, I cried my little eyes out. Anyway... You're fucking, fucking mate, crying about fucking Dewey, fucking guy. <laughs> guy basically dies every movie and shows up at the this end. Time, like, I survived. This time, it was real. It was anyway. <laughs> crying about ghosts. The guy's been dead for twenty five fucking years. The least sad thing. Paying tribute to him. Oh my word! Are you fuck? Anyway, all right. That, that was a cool scene. I like that scene. I, I certainly didn't get choked up. You're, you're sick. I, uh, dude, you're I've, sick. I've known he's been dead for a fucking decade. <laughs> Why would they not put him back? Dude, his son made the fuck. Dewey, Dewey I son? just found out, died. His son fucking Dewey. made the <laughs> That's great. It was a great homage. But Dewey, I just found out, died. The, the, having him come back, I'd be, I would be. I would choke up if they didn't have him come back. Because it's fucking rude. Oh, Why would they not have him come back? Goodness. You know what I did love? I love the ghost face saying it was an honor when he killed Dewey. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Um, Gail has a mental breakdown um, about Gail. Uh, Gail looked great in part four. Uh, this one, it looks like she skinned Gail's face and is wearing it as a mask. <laughs> Her face is so stretched. Yeah, she's doing some shit, man. You know, she's she's an aging actress. You got to feel for him. Um, and then finally Sydney shows up, which of course Dewey's like, why'd you show up? I told you not to. And she's like, well, of course I'm not going to show up. And it's like, yeah, we, we know this. Like, um, Sam gives a shitty monologue about not wanting to turn into fucking Billy. Like, like to, I think to Tara, like, oh, I didn't want to be my dad and kill you. I was like, that's not what fucking Billy did, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> And another weird thing is, like, Sydney shows up and approaches Sam, and Sam's like, I'm, and Sydney's like, Billy's daughter, right? Got it. Okay. (laughs) Fucking what? (laughs) Also, I feel like they lowered the stakes with Sydney in this because in every fucking scene Sydney's in, she's constantly like, yeah, I'm married and have kids. And, like, to me, I was like, okay, well, she's not going to die now. (laughs) Like, they're not going to kill her now. Like, you can't fucking leave, like, three babies orphaned or motherless. You know what I mean? Like, no movie's going to do that. So, it was so weird for her to constantly say, dude, the first three scenes she's in, she's like, yeah, yeah, I'm so happy I'm married and have babies. It's like, wait, what? Why are you saying that? But. Yeah, they, like I said, they didn't do enough with her. It could have survived without her. I mean, they could have made her new life and her new family a much bigger aspect and a much bigger stake at hand, which they did not do. I I, I wish, yeah, I wish she wasn't in it, but whatever. Um, 
<laughs> Gail, Gail yells at Sam, too, because Sam's like, we're leaving town. Which, by the way, is what we've talked about constantly in every one of these movies. We've been like, why wouldn't you just fucking leave? And fucking Gail's like, you dumb bitch. <laughs> like, why the fuck Gail, are you going to leave? Gail is so aggressive with the way that she talks in this one. Dude, like, Sam is being actually terrorized. Sam and her sister are being terrorized. And Gail's like, you stupid fucking bitch. And you're like, wait, Gail, fucking take it. That's like, honestly, isn't that not the best thing you can do? (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, And I think even Sam mentioned something being like, are you guys talking about, like, committing fucking murder right now? Because, like, (laughs) for some reason. She does. does. Yeah, because Gail and Sydney. And this was a, an issue I had with three, less four, but three, was like, Gail and Sydney, you guys are not the police, and you guys certainly aren't, like, the vengeance task force. Like, why do Sydney and Gail think that they are the ones that have to kill Ghostface? Like, this isn't even the Ghostface that terrorized you guys, right? Like, Yeah, Ghostface is not – Ghostface is – an, an image. It's not a specific right. person. It's not. You're, right. They're just owning the fact that they're serial killers. They, they're <laughs> mass murderers. Yes. They really like, we love murdering people. Yeah. She has a, she has a, a line here. She's like, let me get this straight. You are encouraging me and the host of a talk show to commit murder. And both Gail and Sydney are like, yeah, okay, <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> and the reaction is so deadpan and just like, what, what are you fucking stupid? Of course. Like, what else would you do? And like, guess what? Sam's plan is much better. <laughs> I'm just like, leave and just get the fuck away. And like, Sydney's like, they'll fucking find you. And it's like, dude, Sydney, like, this is a little bit crazy. Like, we don't, again, like, the killer is not always the same. We don't know what this killer is doing. Like, it could be anyone. And to me, at this point, the killer was so, I don't think he was following any rules. And I think. It was so brutal and like the way he was killing people that I was like, it just didn't resonate the same way as it did with Sydney, right? Like it, it wasn't like they're stalking them because this is Billy Loomis's kid. Like that didn't really strike me as like a thing, right? It wasn't like played up that much. I don't know, but yeah, it's something I just thought of that I wanted to highlight. Um, Richie, this whole time, like even earlier on when they're in the hospital or when he first learns about the rules of the requel, he's watching the stab movies. Yeah. He's watching videos on the stab movies. Did you pick up on that Easter egg that Kirby, Hayden Panettiere, is alive? I wanted to say that, yes, and I am so fucking happy. <laughs> Bring me fucking Kirby, baby. Get Kirby back in the... This- fucking universe i love it she's a youtube star now like making her own videos on the stab series and i love that yeah it says uh stab survivor there's an interview with her so i love we know she's alive and well thank god thank fucking god um i i love that so much and yeah like you said she she questions gail and sydney and they're like yeah of course and she's like yeah i'm not gonna do that <laughs> which is fucking amazing, right? Like, I fucking love that. And she leaves town. Like, also imagine if that was the end of the movie, because, like, they survive. They leave town and survive. Just like... <laughs> that's I, I laughed out loud, like, at the theater, because I was like, they get in the car. And I was like, that would be amazing. It was just credits. <laughs> They're like... Uh, they all survive, uh, because they left town. Like, the, the smart decision to do. Um, but instead, that doesn't happen. They try to leave town, and... uh 
you know, Tara loses her inhaler. Yeah. So they need to go to Amber's to get the inhaler. Yeah, also, there. there's a party there, and the party is for the dead kid. Uh, Wes. Yep. For Wes. Uh, which is crazy because the party is playing the loudest club music. It seems like an insane off the wall party, which, by the way, if that's how you want to honor your friend, that's fine. But Amber's like, Amber walks up to somebody taking a shot and is like, Are you fucking kidding me? Taking shots right now? Wait, are you are you kidding me? Uh this is the biggest fucking party I've ever seen. Loudest club music I've ever seen. What are you what are you talking about? This poor I guy thought the same thing. Because she she's furious. I mean I mean, I would take a shot for anybody that I knew that past. Like that's that's this, obviously a pretty normal tradition. That's actually a great point. Like, the shot's the least offensive part of that party. The, the fucking, the entire party's the most offensive part. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fucking giant balloons that are like, R.I.P. Wes. <laughs> 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 fucking kidding me. Um, I love the convo. They, they go to the basement. There's a convo about the killer in the basement between uh, Mindy and uh, Amber. Where it's where it's like everyone's like kind of not trusting each other for the first time, right? In the franchise, where they're finally like, uh, I don't. It's not just Sydney like giving side eye at somebody that's that's like a suspected killer. It's like genuinely like I don't want to be in this basement with you. Right yeah, now. they they took they took Randy's idea because you know throughout the whole first one, Randy and Billy and Stu, and they're all like, "How do we know it's not you?" Right? Right. But this one, they really are like, I don't want to be near you because yeah, like, I don't know if it's you. Right. Can you please leave me alone? And, but then on the second, on the flip, like the other person's like, well, you shouldn't be fucking down here alone. Like either you're going to die or you're the fucking killer. So it's like this awesome catch 22. in this movie, <laughs> And I loved it. It's like the uh, scene in what's that fucking movie? The Euronymous movie. Lord. What's it called? Uh, Lords of chaos. Lords of Chaos. Yeah, I don't know. I couldn't think of that. When when Varg and Euronymous are like, well, how do I know you're not a poser? Like, oh, yeah. Because I found the Scorpions albums. And they just go back and forth be like, well, that's something a poser would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's actually that completely. That's so funny. <laughs> um, we get the scene where the jock won't have sex with the girl, um, which is nuts. Um, but makes sense. Makes sense. If you were, if you were a smart human being, uh, that guy, that guy's right. But I was not. Um, Gail blames herself for all of this. We need, we see Gail and she's like, listen, I'm basically caused all this cause I wrote the book. Um, the jock goes to go check on his girlfriend who left away, uh, who ran away, like stormed away, uh, cause he wouldn't f- fuck her. <laughs> Uh, if only I had that problem in high school. <laughs> so he's like, oh, whatever. So he uses like this like family tracker, right? A GPS thing to go find Liv, his girlfriend. Which, uh, by the way, by the way, that's how Gail and Sydney got there. They put a tracker on their car. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. They didn't mention that briefly, but it didn't even. But I have to say. Of all the things, and in the movie, you're play- you're making all these people playing it safe, which I loved. This guy walking around the backyard being like, oh, sweetie. <laughs> like, <laughs> as if Liv was actually hiding behind a bush in the back fucking yard. Like, can we... F- are- <laughs> what are we fucking <laughs> that's a good. That, that's a good point. I didn't think of that, but that's fucking idiot. Honestly, if I found 
the person I was there with hiding behind a bush, I'd be like, I'm, I'm going home. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, on your own. I, this is psychotic. And this <laughs> even guy- if there wasn't, even if there wasn't a murder spree going on, but somebody just walked away from me and was hiding behind a bush, I, I'm still going home. This, <laughs> For the sure. night is done. <laughs> For sure. And like this guy just passed up having sex, which is all he's wanted. Uh, and now he's like, Ooh, you're in a bush. Like, okay. Like <laughs> get a grip, buddy. Um, and he gets got. He's able to fight back a little bit, but it it appears that he is dead. He he gets fucking. St- I mean, I mean, shit stabbed out. Listen, of him. listen. Okay, fine. Fuck it. Spoiler alert. Uh, he, we see him again, which is crazy. Uh, th- this scene. Th- this is the most murdered villain, perhaps in the entire. Or not villain. The most murdered character in perhaps the entire series. Agreed. Uh, for him. For him to still be alive at the end. I love because I love the character, but uh, fucking impossible. Dude, he gets more murdered than Dewey in every other movie, which Dewey (laughs) Dewey gets murdered pretty hard in every movie uh, in the franchise. And this guy gets fucking the shit stabbed out of him, Um, which was a bummer. I really love this character, but uh, guess what? He survives. So that's fine. Um, also, I loved this scene because he tries to unlock the phone while he's like being fucking murdered. And he can't because the fucking blood is all over it. Yes. I fucking loved it, dude. That's a little fucking, that is a little detail that I just thought was great. Like in a movie where you could be like, why didn't he code the cops? Like, that's why. Because he's fucking covered in blood. My fucking fingerprint scanner doesn't work for shit uh, if there's anything on my fingers. So, um, I fucking loved it. Um, yeah, yeah. And Amber pulls up to the party while this is happening. A uh, little. Oh, by the way, this kill is like a mirror image to Drew Barrymore. Yep. Did you catch that? And like, he, I, I did. Go on. Oh, nothing. I was going to say he runs like in slow motion. The killer come, busts out, uh, like chases him down, stabs him, and the car, pull, like the headlights pull up and hit him as he's dying. Yeah, and, and I wanted to bring that up when you were talking about the scene before where they're like, don't go in the basement by yourself. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's a mirror image or homage, homage to Rose McGowan's character. Yeah. That, that scene. Yeah, it's fucking great. Um, yeah, Liv comes back uh, into the house and is like, where the fuck is, uh, I forget the fucking guy's name, uh, Chad. Um, and they're like, well, Chad went to look for you. So now you're thinking Liv is suspicious. And by the way, Liv then starts acting like a complete fucking lunatic, which has not been, Liv has not been a character in this movie, the, like basically the entire time. And suddenly she's like, if I could fucking kill you, I would. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, that's weird. <laughs> it's a weird jump for this character. Like, dude, there's a scene because, because. Uh, Randy's niece is acting just like Randy and doing what we talked about we hated. Yeah. <laughs> or that you hated. Yeah. You know, screaming at the TV. But yeah, that girl comes down. And keep in mind, this is still in the middle of a killing spree. Right. And everyone's on edge. And she's just like, I will fucking gouge your eyeballs out. And eat. Like, everything she's saying is psychotic to be saying during these times. Dude, it's so crazy. And by the way, this girl hasn't, like, spoken a word, like, all movie. She, no. She, she, had a, she had the scene in the beginning when Vince died, which was a fucking hour and a half ago. She, she talked at the beginning about not wanting to have sex. Then she 
asked the guy to have sex. Then she ran away and she comes in and is like, I would fucking murder you in cold blood. <laughs> Oh, fucking appreciate that, though. Good job, Liv. Um, And then, you know, so there's some suspicion there with Liv. uh, But it's also revealed that we're in Stu's house. Yeah. We're in Stu's old house, which is... um, Here's a question, because I saw people complain about this. Is it weird that no one knows that they're in Stu's house? So the the events of Stu's uh, of the murders, you know, of Stu's crimes are twenty five years ago. So not necessarily. I mean, maybe because it keeps happening in this universe, right? People should probably be aware mm-hmm. of their surroundings, and it's a small town. But I don't think it's that crazy that twenty five years, you know, a quarter of a century has passed that kids might not know that a murder happened in that exact house twenty five years ago. I agree with that completely. I think that that suspension of disbelief is totally fine. Again, I don't want to keep bringing this up, but I feel like we bring it up a lot. We had a crime in our town. Could I tell you the neighborhood it's in? Yes. Could I name the fucking house? Absolutely not. There's no fucking chance. And by the way, we would go to parties in our town and like find out it was somebody's house and be like, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like, you go to a party and be like, oh, this is this person's house? House. Like, that's crazy. Like, you didn't know the house you were going to. Right. In, in a right. town. And we, we know, like, Gail's in New York now. Uh, yeah. Sydney's moved away. So, Why the people that would they were know directly that? involved have, yeah. have go- disappeared. Those that stayed, you know, they might not have kids that age. So, I don't think it's that ridiculous. I don't think it's far fetched at all, dude. And in the suburbs, like, and to, every house is your- fucking same. Dude, to your point about, you know, knowing the street where something tragic happened. I know for a fact that if we were, you know, that age, acting like we acted, and we were at a bar, and somebody was like, "Let's go to a party at this house," I would not put two and two together. Never think right twice. State of mind, right? <laughs> you would just go to the house. You're not gonna be like, "Hey, isn't that the street where something bad happened 50 years ago?" Like nobody thinks that. So not at not, all. Not even fucking for a minute. You wouldn't. You wouldn't even think about it for a minute. I, I don't care if it was in a movie. It, it's insane. Um. We get the same scene, though. I, I loved this because we get the same scene of Randy, right? Of watching the movie, yelling at the TV, and then the ghost face shows up behind him. In the original, obviously, Randy does not get stabbed in that moment. It's interrupted. In this scene, new Randy, Mindy, gets fucking stabbed. Um, I thought that was it for her, man. Yeah, right before that, Richie goes into the basement uh, yeah, to get some beer. He's in there for quite a long time, but I only say that because he comes back up and everyone's like, well, where the fuck were you? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And then uh, our reveal starts to happen here. Amber pulls out a gun and fucking shoots Liv right in the head. Uh, so Amber is our first killer. What'd you think of it? Again, kind of predictable. Yeah. She has, just has a face that, like you said, you kind of know. You never, you never think that she's not the killer because of her fucking miserable face. <laughs> <laughs> and I hate to say that, but like Jesus, like I, you just don't ever for a moment give her a fucking break. And 
sorry about that, but like, it's just the fucking facts. Like, you never eliminate her because of her face. Like, she's miserable the entire fucking time. Like, there's no redeeming yeah, and, quality about her. And this, and they they do they do explain what their motivation was, and I honestly was fine with it. I was fine with their motivation. But it goes back to our original talking point of how Sydney and Gail are just not needed. You know, yeah. they're kind of like an afterthought. Yeah. I didn't like that in part three it was a stepbrother, right? The whole thing was was a mess. Was but awful, yeah. At least he had a direct connection. Mm-hmm. And then even though they explain it in this one, they explain their motivation, it just it didn't hit as much as the the other ones did, as the other reveals did. Counting on Sid to fly in from wherever the fuck she lived and Gail to fly in from New York is the craziest shit I've ever fucking heard. I fucking hated it. I fucking hated <laughs> because it. it. Because that is, yeah, that's that was their goal, right? Right. <laughs> like, Richie is like straight up like, this is why I lured you to this house. But oh, we don't, we didn't shit. reveal that Richie was the killer yet. <laughs> <laughs> my bad uh but anyway you know what i mean like that's fucking like are we, what are we doing like what are you saying like it's fucking insane yeah so it wasn't overly shocking and just the the characters it didn't hit as hard as, as the other ones did. it didn't and that's where like it's like and then it's right here she just immediately like runs outside and is like, help, help. And Gail and Sydney happen to be standing right there, which she doesn't know. She doesn't know those two are. Why is, why, why is she even running out there? Who is she trying to get in the house? At that Bigger point? question. Right? Why do Gail and Sydney show up with guns and like do a Terminator? Like <laughs> you, you fucking, you fucking, right. They're the biggest murderers in the series. You ready? And it's like, yeah. And then fucking she comes out and they like look at each other and they're like, Dude, Bullshit. they're buddy cops in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, what, what do you think? You're like, it's a trap. And then, and then again, I, I did not like this because uh, the killer, she sells it for like two seconds. And it was just immediately like, man, fuck it. And just starts shooting a gun at them. Yeah, it turns into like a fucking gang movie. Gangster <laughs> movie. Fucking insane. Uh, and so Gail gets shot by Amber and Sydney's like, what's up? And she's like, go finish it, Sydney, for Dewey. <laughs> okay. Pretty sure you've said that in other movies, by the way. Yeah. I, although I had fun with the movie, uh, I thought this final act is not the it's not the highlight. It wasn't strong, yeah. Um, more elevated horror talk. Uh, we find Tara tied up. Um, Sam finds Tara tied up in the closet. Now, Richie had planted a seed of doubt about Tara, which I actually did like. I think that was good. Uh, it did make me question it for a minute. Like, maybe Tara is part of this. Right. Especially because Amber. Like, you know, Amber and Tara. I could see that going down. Um, so, Agreed. we're left thinking Sam does not free Tara. Tara's duct taped up in a closet. And it, Sam, like, gives it a second thought and... You kind of think she leaves it. It's kind of like the Kieran Culkin, uh, or whoever, whatever Culkin it is. Exactly. uh, In in part four, you know, he's tied up and they don't want to free him because they don't know. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, Sydney gets the call from Ghostface. Um, I loved Sydney. Sydney's in the house. She has a gun and she's just shooting every closed door. And I think 
I think this is the Sydney that should have been in every other sequel. This is this is the Sydney that we've been missing, by the way. The smart Sydney that is like has been through this once. Now I mean now she's been through it four times. But like after the first one, like this is the way Sydney should have behaved, which is like she she's walking on the phone, being like, Oh yeah, like approaching every closed door and just fucking shooting it. <laughs> like and I'm like, that's fucking tight, right? Like she's been through this. She knows what's gonna happen here. Um and she even shoots Richie in one of them. Yeah, right right in the leg. Yep. Um, she shoots him. And then also, in that same breath, womp, womp, Richie's ghost face attacks Sydney. <laughs> the old pro-wrestling fucking switcheroo hot tag there, where they fucking, they rustle down the stairs, the 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 gun's right there, and they're both like, <laughs> hurt. Um and Richie, Richie, um, Richie stabs, uh, Sam and is like, I wanted to be the one to kill you. Like, like, and I fucking, I thought that was tight. What I didn't think was tight was going back to Stu's fucking kitchen. Uh, again, felt unnecessary for like, I mean, I get what they're doing though. I guess they're, they're making fun of the recoil, right? Like. They are. And maybe that's what's getting lost is we're making fun of this too. Cause I, I guess that's what scream one was right. Like poking fun at these things. And yeah, like, like we mentioned, they got ahead of the curve, but they, you know, openly addressed, they, they, they told us what they were going to do to be honest with you. You know, really the sequels is what fucked scream up here because like, I feel like if this follows scream one, you're like, Oh, this is so tongue in cheek. I love it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like after two and three, I mean, four is fine, but like after two and three and you see this and you're like, oh, why is it back in Stu's kitchen? Like, it's kind of like it, it like bothered me a little bit, but like, really, it's like a statement about these movies, right? This is what they do in these fucking requels now, like the fucking Halloween movies, right? Right. Like we're back to the same hospital. We're at the same houses. And it's like, yeah, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, what? So, so, so it is a good commentary. It is actually, it's actually fucking great. Really. When you think about it, um, yeah. you just hope like that's what they were thinking, but like, they have to be thinking that, right? Yeah, but, I mean, they, they, directly, they tell us, they tell us, yeah, they directly reference it. <laughs> All right. Um, and this is when we get the big reveal that the real theme. So the theme isn't, elevated horror it's really not the requel either the real theme here is fandom toxic fandom and the way fans view these movies and um i loved it i thought that that was something that needed to be addressed (laughs) i liked it too i i there's a couple of people uh that i've spoken with that did not like it and you know t-shirt that's fine i get why you wouldn't but i thought it worked i thought it made sense and we find out that Amber and Richie met on Reddit, on a Reddit board. Right. Which, it's stupid, right? But Billy's mom met uh, the Oliphant on, like, SerialKillersRUs.com. Dude, dude, yeah. So at least this one is... 
It was a psychotics dating app, which, by the way, there was no app. So it was a psychotic dating website. And she's like, luckily, I found a serial killer. Again, like, if you want to have a criticism with that, you, you and you're like, I love fucking three. No, you don't. You don't. Because it's bullshit. Like, that's insane. Um, so, like, the subreddit is, like, it's cornball, but it's. It makes way more fucking sense. It, makes, it works better. Yeah, it works way better. <laughs> because they're on a, they're on a subreddit for like for stab the stab movies, right? Yeah, like yeah. and they're like this is and by the way, fun fact, a lot of the people that messaged me criticizing this movie, I mentioned it before, had come up with their own versions of the movie, like right, like they had their own thoughts and like going like probably years before this, like this is what the next scream is going to be. You know what I mean? That's exactly what they're talking about here. This is a subreddit for stab where they're like, this is the way it should be. You know what I mean? That is what they're talking about. And like by part eight, you know, it's so far away from what the series right. started about. Blah, blah So like, this is fucking dead nuts to what they're seeing now with this movie, which is like, and that's, and that's the character's goal is that they want, you know, a movie to be based off their new movies and they're saving the right. franchise by taking it back to the original, which crazy but i liked it that said like i didn't love going back to the well with this whole like <laughs> we're gonna make the new movie i i think it's time to like and i think that's one of my criticisms here is like i think this was the movie to branch away from that and like maybe just like like free Free the Scream universe from this whole, like, you don't have to, like, get rid of, like, the horror rules or anything, but maybe, like, let's free us from, like, I want to make the next Stab movie. <laughs> like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of done with that. <laughs> like, I get it for this one, but I'm kind of, I'm kind of over it. I, I'll be honest. Like, the whole, like, this is going to be next movie. I want to be the movie star. You know what I mean? Like, we've now seen it, like, five times. Like, let's... Let's just make copycat killers. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that just want internet fame. They don't want to be part of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Um, you know, they say no one takes the true fan seriously, critiquing the fandom. And the plan is they're going to pin it on Sam. Um, that's their main goal. It's Billy Loomis's kid. That makes the most sense, which, you know, by the way, a lot of fans were, like, itching for that, right? Like, a, a family member or somebody to be the killer in these. So, like, they were right on with that. Um, so, I, I get it, but I, I just wasn't, like, super into it. It was just kind of weird. Um, but, yeah. They stabbed Sydney. Did you think Sydney was going to be done for? Not at all. Not at all. Not even it, fucking wait, a minute. Once they killed, once they killed Dewey, Dewey I knew the other two were surviving. Right. Uh, there was just no way they were going to kill him. This More time, yeah. This time the fans win. And again, like uh, with all the themes they have going on here, they don't even really even focus in on the fandom that much. And like, why wouldn't you make that like a key thing throughout the movie? Yeah, like maybe I, criticize Rand, she, the new Randy, like being like, being like, dude, like, what is your fucking heart on for like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Richie has a bunch of what seemed like throwaway comments 
about about the movies because he keeps watching them. To That's true. Study the case. Uh, I, I think a second rewatch would probably tie it together a little bit more. That's actually that's a good point, man. Well, they go to get Tara because they've got everyone dead to rights now, right? They got Sydney; she's fucking dying. Uh, they got Sam, uh, and then they're like, "Go get Tara." Tara is not there. Yes, she attacks Amber with a crutch. Which, which, which keep in mind, she she couldn't wheel a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, her foot was five, elevated in a wheelchair, five, and she was like, oh. <laughs> five minutes before this." <laughs> <laughs> uh Tara fucking attacks her with the fucking crutch. Um battle goes down. Amber trying Oh, Amber trying to I The one thing I liked about Amber was her like being like I wasn't a par-. dude, her using all of the fucking excuses you hear like some of these murderers use being like I was uh brought into this like I was convinced, Richie convinced me to do it. Um now <laughs> Oh, by the way, everyone is just listening to her while she's doing this. No one's, like, just shooting her in the fucking head, even though she's a fucking murderer. Um, <laughs> and she ends up beating all of them up. <laughs> <laughs> Which leads to uh, uh, a fucking scene that is fucking out of a fucking comedy movie. Um <laughs> Talk about the hand sanitizer? Oh, I am, which is so funny because me and you shared a video this week and we were both like, this might be the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life, which it's weird to say. But anyway. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it wasn't, but it was. But anyway, uh, Sam sprays Amber in hand sanitizer to like protect herself. Yeah. And Amber's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Which I appreciated. She's she's very annoyed, yeah. And then who shoots her? Is it Sydney? Or is it Sam? I can't remember. Somebody shoots her though. Um uh, I don't remember. Here's the thing though. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't fucking matter who shoots her, because they don't It's it's Gail. It's 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 definitely Gail. Oh, Gail shoots her, but it doesn't matter because it doesn't kill her. Because she gets shot, she spins around, she then... Do you have a gas stove in your house, Joe? I don't. Okay, I have a gas stove in my house. What happens next is fucking absolutely 1,000% impossible. Because (laughs) I can't get my stove... Like It takes like a couple seconds for my stove to light. You have to like turn it on the light sign, it's like... And then it turns on, right? Sam spins around, or not Sam. Amber spins around after the shot, hits the stove switch, and the fucking stoves just like all turn on <laughs> immediately, uh, catching her hand sanitizer covered face on fire and her hand sanitizer covered body on fire. She is in full flames and uh, collapses on the ground. See, I love this I, because Scream never really had outrageous kills, right? They, it was always very stabby Listen, and gory. This is an outrageous kill. This is outrageous. It's actually a little bit offensive. And I loved I loved it. I fucking loved it. Because guess what? We're talking about a fucking slasher, right? Like, at the end of the day, like, so. Yeah, I get guess, a old cropsy face. Right. It's, Scream is good because it's also a whodunit. That's always the fun part. 
But, like, let's get back to the slasher element, man. Like, this is fucking phenomenal. I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, I mean, it's idiotic, but it's fun. It's fucking fun. What? Um, yes. And she's done. Uh, Richie uh, is chasing Tara or Sam or both of them. I, I honestly don't know. They fall down the stairs. Uh, oh, yeah. She's chasing Sam. He's chasing Sam because they fall down the stairs. <laughs> and Sam sees... Uh, Papa Billy, Papa Billy, <laughs> Papa Billy shows up in the fucking mirror here. Uh, and Sam's like, it's like an Obi-Wan Kenobi moment. Dude, right? it is 100% an Obi-Wan. And he's like the father of the year award. Like, <laughs> you can achieve your dreams. <laughs> what are we doing? Billy shows up and is like, <laughs> I wish, I wish we were doing this live. He does this thing where he like his eyes point to the ground and he's like, huh? <laughs> like, look, like, look over there. And over there is a knife hidden underneath the curtains. <laughs> Which, by the way, by the way, I actually wouldn't have minded this because I was thinking about this. I wouldn't have minded this if Billy had like somehow tuned her. And I know you hate the Billy thing, but I was actually fine with it. If Billy had like clued her into like a hidden stash of weapons that him and because it's Stu's ha- old house, like a hidden stash of weapons that him and Stu had had, like buried in the wall, or something. right or something. Yeah, make him make him be like lift the radiator cover, and that's where me and Stu had hid an extra knife. Yeah, make him be somewhat relevant and useful. Like, right, you know I mean, and <laughs> just showing back- up and just. Looking at a knife that was, that she probably could have seen anyways, because it's, it's fucking right there. It's, on- it's right in front of her face. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that would have actually been cool if it was like a stash for stew or something. I don't know. But anyway, she gets it. She slits his throat and then stabs the fucking shit out of him like a fucking lunatic. But, you know. Also, she's surrounded by lunatics that kill people and claim they're heroes. Included, yeah, including Nev and... That's more who I'm talking about. (laughs) And then, then, by the way, they they kill a... Gail and Sid come in and they're like, oh, God, thank God that's over. And she's like, no, it's not, and grabs the gun. The most brutal shooting I've ever seen, maybe, like, in the history of film. Like, honestly upset me a little bit. Uh... (laughs) shoots this fucking guy like in the head and like two times in the chest. It was actually like hard to fucking watch. Um, And they're like, yeah, that's it. But then Amber shows up, of course, because they're like, it's never dead. And then Amber shows up half burned up. And then Tara shoots her, which I loved. Yeah. And then Tara says, I still prefer the Baba Duke. Which. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to each their own, Tara. To each their own. <laughs> Dude, when 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 she said that, I'm pretty sure because the Babadook came out when we first started. Yeah, pretty sure we did an episode of like best movies of the year, yes. right? And I think we both were pretty high on the Babadook. I fucking hate the Babadook. I, 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 I was high on the Babadook. You fucking hated it. You hated oh, the case. Was that the, you hated the Was kid. that the case from the beginning? Yeah, I always think that okay. that was the case from the beginning. Okay, because I was nervous that I praised it when we first started. Because I, I definitely watched it twice. And I remember 
the very first time I saw it, I liked it. The second time, I hated that kid so much I could never watch it again. So uh, I just want to because I know a lot of people have been messaging me lately, being like, "Hey, I'm starting from like season one." So if you started from there, I just want to clear it up. Uh, I do not fuck with the Babadook. You know what? If you're starting from season one, I'm sorry for anything we said in those episodes. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> Don't fucking like, just fucking skip them. Just fucking, fucking skip nightmare. Em. Come to our new fucking. Our, this is the new horror show. It's so much better. It's just fucked up. Yeah, start with uh, Kevin. Uh, what was that guy's name that we did? <laughs> Kevin Tenney. No, uh, dude. Yeah, our yeah. First, our yeah. first one. Start with fucking Doctor Moreau and move on. Like, I- <laughs> fucking we're so much better like fucking insane i i don't even want to even hear what i've ever said in my life and, and you know <laughs> whatever said, i get such cold chills when somebody's like i'm starting from the beginning oh my god i really do oh, i was same same and and people like we get messages and by the way you guys are all amazing and i appreciate you listening to the old episodes so much like really but like when people are like you said this and that i'm like i don't even they're like, why'd you say that? I'm like, I, honestly, I'm like, I have no fucking idea. I'm a fucking idiot. Like, why? I don't know. I just, I had to fill up space, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Um, she prefers the Baba Duke. Uh, Mindy Meeks lives. God bless her. And uh, Chad Meeks lives. Thank God. It's fucking modern miracle. <laughs> I fucking loved those two. They were the best. And uh, our our buddy Joe Russo, uh, hometown buddy, who's on uh, postmortem. Yep. He pointed out to me, and it, it was a great point. Something that I didn't think of. Sydney and and Gail have been fucking stabbed and shot in this very film within the last ten minutes, <laughs> and they were just sitting there with blankets over them talking. Bro, Sydney's <laughs> on her fucking phone. <laughs> Nobody's checking on them. They're not strapped to a gurney. They're just hanging out. and They have like serious wounds, like possibly mortal wounds. Sydney's playing like words with friends when Sam walks. <laughs> when Sam walks up to them, it's actually crazy. Um, yeah, no, it's fucking weird. Uh, Gail and Sydney. Um, Sam goes up to him. Thank you both for everything. Uh, Gail decides to write a. They're like, so Sydney, you write a book about this? Like, fucking poor Gail. Like, it's the fucking shit end of the stick on this. Like, I mean, she is an asshole, but like, like everyone's just like, you gotta write a fucking book about this. Like, honestly, I would. I fucking. I'm gonna cash in. And but she's like, no, I'm gonna write a story about a fucking sweet little deputy in this town. So she's gonna write a book about Dewey, which I I, I dug that. Um, and Sam, um, in this one moment, I do think she has a great line, which is, am I going to be okay? And Sydney says, eventually, uh, you pan out of Stu's house and it says for Wes. And that's the end of the movie. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's, you know, it is what they are, what we thought they were. That's why we took the damn field. Um, now, fun fact. I stayed for the q and I, I, I mentioned that on this or no? I think I might have mentioned it on, just on the Patreon. So I went to a f- the fan version of this fucking movie. 
um, where they had a featurette and a and a Q and A after the Q and A was a David Arquette, the director, and Ke- our boy Kevin Williamson here, and uh, it was a fucking mess. I've <laughs> never seen anything so poorly planned in my life, and I've gone to indie wrestling events at uh, <laughs> the ECW uh, venue. It's dude. So like immediately on the screen, it's like. We will be going live to a Q&A very soon. <laughs> and uh, it cuts into this guy wearing a mask, so you can't even see his face. And he's like, he's just staring at the camera. And then it fades out to black. And you're like, what the fuck was that? And then you hear him start talking, and he's like, good evening, everybody. And then it comes back in. And then he stops talking as soon as the the film comes in. And you're like, what the fuck is happening? And he stops talking. He's like, good evening, everyone. So the screen panel will be starting soon. And then it fades back out. And you're like, oh, that's fucking weird. <laughs> comes back in. We meet um, uh, we meet Chris. Uh, what the fuck is his name? Chris. Ah, uh, fuck. He directed Paranormal Activity 2. Uh, fuck. Chris Lant. Lant. Hang on one second. I'll pull him up. Uh, Chris. Oh, wait, what? You right? Yeah, no, but it's it's not listing the name that I have. What the fuck? <laughs> wait, I'm Oh, Chris Landon. Oh, he wrote it. Okay, all right, sorry. So Chris Landon uh, is, our, is our panel, like the guy that's running the panel. I've never seen somebody so confused about what he's supposed to do and it actually like hindered it and on top of it the first 15 minutes of this q a they're playing this like generic fucking like phone hold music over the questions and i i think they could hear it because like the way they were talking was as if they were distracted by music playing behind (laughs) behind them (laughs) or over them rather it was it was actually crazy why did they choose Chris Landon to do this? I don't know. You should probably have picked somebody that's like used to like doing Q and A's, right? Um, but it's just it's him running it. He's got printed out questions, and that's it. You got Kevin Williamson and David Arquette. Um, hang on one sec. Okay, so <laughs> I I, told, I mentioned before Arquette said it was like a mess. He didn't like the script. Um, Chris Landon starts talking about elevated horror, to which none of them even respond. He's just like, elevated horror? Like, what about that? And they're all like, yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> and then Chris Landon's like, hey, how about those Easter eggs? Are there any great Easter eggs? And the director's like, yeah, there's a ton. <laughs> and he's like, well, can you tell us any of them? And he's like, oh, geez. Uh... I can't remember them right now. So that's the end of that question. <laughs> and by the way, the whole time this is happening, David Arquette is just giggling, uh, like laughing, like so loud into the microphone. It's actually like <laughs> insane. So now we talked about this in our uh, Patreon. He asks, but I left one of them out for you. He asks them who your favorite killer in the franchise was. David Arquette says Skeet and Matt. The director weirdly also says Skeet and Matt, and we talked about this as being weird because, like, you just released a movie. Everyone gets it if you're going to be like, my movie's killers are the best. Everyone knows you're not. You don't believe that. You know what I mean? Like, 
of course the original is always going to be the best, right? So, but yeah. you, even the even the director's like, yeah, no, nah, Skeet and Matt were the fucking obviously the best. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's fucking weird. <laughs> that's super weird. And Kevin Williamson, then they go, Kevin, who do you? Ch-? This is when I walked out of the theater. Kevin Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> also, it was the last question. Kevin Williamson, who do you think is the best killer in the Scream franchise? This is a man that wrote one, two, I mean, part of three, right? And then part of four. Uh, Who do you choose for this? And he produced this one. Who do you choose as the best killer? And he said, (laughs) he said, you know, the best, you know, I love Ski. I love uh, Matt Lillard. But, you know, the best performance and just the the best killer in the franchise has got to be Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And he, he was a hundred percent serious. And, uh, I stood up and I left. <laughs> I, the theater. I said, I've seen enough. Uh, that makes perfect fucking sense. Uh, <laughs> that's absolutely insane. Laurie Metcalf. Wow. Laurie Metcalf is his favorite killer. And by the way, uh, ski and Matt, Performance-wise, better than Laurie Metcalf. Can we just, like, even on that basis, like, even if you were going to go the route of, like, well, she's an old, like, not an old actress, but, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, she's <laughs> she's been around. Like, no, like, even Skeet and Matt, like, fucking blow that shit away. Like, <laughs> like yeah, uh, I, I can't get behind that, that choice at all. No, it's fucking insane, Joe. So... <laughs> You know, that's where we that's where we're at. Kevin Williamson. That's that that's all the questions they had for the night. So <laughs> So not worth it, right? No, not worth it at all. I uh wasted my fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, that's it, man. Um that is Scream Five. This is like the longest episode we've ever done, by the way. Um Really? Yeah, I think so. Um but yeah, appreciate you guys so much. Hey, what are we doing next week? Because <laughs> great question. We should we do Cherry Falls for the show? Let's do it. Let's do it. Because Cherry Falls is a fun fucking movie. It's in the vein of Scream. It was definitely influenced by Scream for sure. Heavy handed. Uh, it seems like Kevin Williamson wrote it, but he didn't. Um, it's one of the most insane things I've ever seen. So let's do cherry falls next week. And then we're going to do scary movie to wrap up uh, January on the 29th uh, live show. So make sure you check that out. I hate horror.com um, has it our Instagram bio. Um, Reagan set up a linky thing in our bio so you can see everything. So check that out. Um, and yeah, that's it, man. Um, Patreon.com slash I hate horror. If you want to support the show, we would really appreciate it. Uh, we're doing some new fun stuff over there. I think we're going to, I'm not going to get into it, but we got some new stuff coming out there. Um, so hopefully that pans out. And uh, what else? Facebook.com slash I hate horror. I hate horror.com. Instagram.com slash I hate horror. Um, Joe, where can they find you? Instagram, Boognish1985. And I just dropped my fucking pen. And that's a wrap, everyone. Thank you all so much. Thank you all for doing this journey through Scream with us. We had such a blast. Um, thank you for Joe. Wait, for I'm doing so glad show. we did that. Yeah. 
So yeah, that that was well deserved, right? I I think it opened up some I think it opened up some new uh doors for us too in terms of what movies we can cover. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like maybe we can actually do movies people have seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many more downloads when we do movies people know. <laughs> hey, you guys don't want to watch uh Fucking what was that movie? Slip Slime Bowl Bolorama? Like <laughs> Fuck, there was uh, oh, remember we did sick? Dude, fucking uh, <laughs> And by the way, shout out to whoever gave us sick. Was that classic material or no? No, he did ice. Ice, which by the way, A plus. But somebody gave Yeah, us- he has that other request uh w- w- that we said we would do too. I forgot what it was called. Alright, I'll look it up. Evil 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 something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've got the whole spreadsheet now, so we're, we're going to add those to our lists. Um, but, yeah. All right, guys. Thank you all so much. Appreciate you all. And for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Thank you. Adios. I'm fucking zombie getting sliced in.